be dealing with that for a hundred hours. Fucking oh my god. No. <laughs> Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. I'm Josh Bolin. And I'm Jay Backstrand. And we're going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. Mag up being served up today alongside a big Tupperware bowl of cookie crisp. We're plowing through GamePro issue four today. And I couldn't find a copy of this on the internet, archive.org or otherwise, uh, which is shocking to me. But apologies for not being able to provide a way to follow along. I'm sure if you're really dedicated, you can dig it up somewhere. The internet solves all problems with enough time and effort, but I couldn't find it uh, in my cursory glance around. Please rate and review the podcast. Uh, if you could, it helps us out a great deal. It makes us feel really good about ourselves. What are we jamming on now? What are you jamming on now, Jay? Man, I've, I've actually been cycling through a lot of different games just to try to find something new and different. You know, just we may have talked about it before playing so many. Subnautica. Games. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's what I mean. So many of these AAA, like huge open world games, like I just want something a little more simplistic and different, you know, kind of like these retro games we play. So I have been messing around with Super Mario Brothers 3, obviously a favorite from back in the day, which is really fun, now, especially now that I got my OG NES controllers that work with the Switch. So I've been playing that. I'm super excited about those. So happy. <laughs> So happy with that. And I actually started playing uh, Mario 2 as well with my kids. Have you, just to try it. Have you tried those controllers on your, like, on your PC? Uh, the Switch ones? Yeah. Do they have a normal USB? Nope, not at all. They're only, they're made specifically to connect to the Switch. Okay. So, yeah, that's how I thought they all were. And we were talking about getting the Genesis controller last night, and I saw that the Genesis ones just have a normal USB thing on them. I was flabbergasted. And it says right in the description that, you know, they work with your retro pie. They work with anything that has a standard USB, uh, mm-hmm. including the mini Genesis. So, yeah, I was really, I don't know, I was shocked that that was the case. But, sorry. Nice. Oh, yeah, wait, yeah. those are those are remote, aren't they? They don't have a plug. Yeah, definitely no. I mean, oh, they're, yeah, they're yeah. literally just like your switch, right. like connecting to the side. Duh, yeah. duh. So, obviously, yes, that wouldn't work. <laughs> so, I've been doing a lot of that, a lot of checking out those games. And then, also, well... Anytime I have some downtime when I want to get into a quick PvP style match, I've been playing some more Overwatch. That's always just kind of fun to get in and out of. But one of the games I've been playing a ton is this game called Maneater. Have you heard of it? I have not. So this game apparently came out a few months ago, and I did not know that. But I started testing out, and really, you're a shark in this game. And like you start out the game, you're a shark, you're, you're in the open water eating things, you're attacking things, like it's, you're, you have to go after humans, like it's, first of all, the graphics are really well done, it's really cool, and then you get to this part in the, I guess it's kind of like a prologue, where you're supposed to be attacking humans at this beach, you're a shark, you know, and a shark hunter and his crew on boats come and they eventually kill you, and then there's a cutscene, and I'm spoiling, but it's it's awesome, so there's a cutscene, and the, the shark hunter picks up, picks you up while your daddy's holding you up in the air. 
and he slices you open and he's like, oh, there's a baby shark. And then he picks it up and he's like, ha ha, making fun of it. Then the baby shark like bites his arm off and he throws it back in the water. <laughs> and then that's like the end of the prologue. And then you start the game as this baby shark and you have to go around and like eat different things and grow. It's actually really fun. That, that's a pretty good job of, of generating an origin story for a shark. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very well done. I was surprised it's been out for months, and this is the first time I'd ever even heard of it. it I feel like it should get more press. That's that's it's definitely an interesting perspective. You know, it's like that, and I haven't played it yet, but it looks cool, and I've I've thought about it. That that Jason game where you play as Vor as Jason Voorhees, and you're just hunting the the kids you know which is yeah. not how that game is usually done you know <laughs> uh so yeah that's that's kind of like i feel like that's kind of in the same vein and and the cool way to approach something like that you know an open world game for sure it's it's just different because there's a genuine fear factor when you see an alligator in a distance and it's like holy shit let me get out of here i'm way too small to fight this but i've leveled up and now i'm a teen shark and I can take down alligators as long as they're not like huge. So it's it's fun, man. It's something I would definitely check out if you're looking for something different. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean that that, that sounds pretty. That's uh, that's uh, it's not Switch, is it? Is it Xbox or no? It's uh, I think it's available for most platforms, Xbox and PS4. But yeah, I'm playing it on Xbox, obviously. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of it. Other than that, I've really just been testing out a lot of games just you know trying to find something different i picked up super lucky's tale to mess around with um just for another platformer you know a la these types of games a la mario brothers and then i think i also uh i started messing around with wasteland 3 because i thought it was going to be actually a big open world game like wasteland 2 but it's a turn-based rpg and which completely, that's, a big, that's a big change <laughs> yeah completely threw me off but it was actually more fun than I expected. So TBD there, because I, I just started getting into it because I was so shocked at how different of a game it was than I was expecting that I didn't get into it too much. But it was actually kind of fun. So yeah, you got you to gotta give a game like that a bit before you can start assessing really what you're doing or, or yeah. how good it is, rather. <laughs> Absolutely. So I've gone very wide on a bunch of games, but not very deep lately. Hmm. What about you, Josh? What What's on your what's on the, the console these days? Uh, I haven't I haven't played much shit. The uh, you know still dicking around a little bit with the maintenance aspect of of Animal Crossing. It just the, the fall stuff started with the beginning of October, so there's like, hmm. especially with Halloween coming up, there's a bunch of like there's a whole new line of of spooky shit is the name of the the, the line of, of furniture and, and and things you can get and there's you can plant pumpkin patches and stuff. So there's like a a lot of fun little Halloween stuff that it's doing that kind of you know. They're doing a good job of that, of constantly rolling out new things. That because it, it is a, it is easy to, and I've you know I've gotten into it where I'm not even playing every day now. I'm playing every few days. So like the idea that they're introducing new things to keep you interested and keep you invested is good because I've I've almost gotten every possible bug, every possible fish. There's very little left to do on that front. So you know, I, it, for me to keep turning it on, I need to have new shit, and it's they're doing a good job of of that, but. It's not a ton of time. Like I said, it's every few days and it's only a few minutes when I do so. It's just balancing and rotating the tires. And then the only other thing is is still playing Super Mario. Paper or paper, whatever the hell. Paper Mario Origami King or whatever the fuck it's called. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just I, it's just a, a constant. It's just, I mean, it, I, I don't know if I've, I can ever play 
outside of the older, you know, eight one eight bit ones where I have you know all this nostalgia factoring into my enjoyment of it. But I, like, I don't know if I can ever play an RPG that's turn based without this kind of thing in the battle system that I've already described. I think multiple times. Really? So, yeah, with the 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 little mini puzzle, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, the middle pu- mini puzzle game thing going on because it, it just adds so much to it and makes it so much more interesting. Like you're you're never checked out, even when like I know I can beat these enemies. You know, they're not like even when I go up against bullshit enemies. The act of putting them in the most ideal fat like attack pattern is Mm -hmm. still so appealing. And maybe that caters to some sort of, you know, my anal retentive thing more than it would uh, the average RPG Joe. But uh, either way, like whatever, whatever the the root of of the enjoyment, like I, I enjoy every single battle because it's always a little bit of a mental challenge. You know, it's never a checked out approach to what tends to be or can be the boring part of RPGs, you know? Right. So, and, 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 and again, I can't, you know, but it goes without saying like just everything in the game is, is cute and cool. And they're just the, the, the dialogue stuff is, is, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not, they do. It's just such a, it's so well done. Like it, it's, you know, clever within the confines of still being kid safe. You know, mm. but not kid gloved. <laughs> you know, like there's like if you're <laughs> like they 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 they, they tow that line that 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 gray area between the two where like if you know if you if you are an adult and you can intelligently parse what they're saying, there is it's not like kitty pun humor. There is like genuine intelligence behind some of the jokes and some of the things they're doing. But it is 100% safe for children as it would need to be to be any Mario game. You know, which is just an, an incredibly good job of of game design and, and 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 story writing within a video game you know so uh, it's fucking nintendo so good at their job yeah you're you you described me in a couple times has had me looking at it in the switch store yeah. and i just with i have so many games that i'm like playing now especially with the the new uh series x coming out soon like obviously i'm in the know of like what's what's on the horizon i'm just like man I, how many games can i really get into right now can i, I can i get into anything mario get in the way yeah i mean you know that you, you're describing wanting a game that you don't need to you know you can kind of just casually enjoy without ha- this you know all-in thing that maybe you need for some open world type deals like you know it, it is uh, the the it's it is an rpg for sure i mean you you know it's live action real time you move around and there is like a some light platforming and like actually fighting enemies the way you might be accustomed to in a non-RPG Mario game. Like there's like that's that mechanic is in there a little bit, but it is not the the focus of it. And like you it is 100 percent a casually enjoyed game. You do not the actually the the battle thing is the one time where you're like I'll catch myself like wanting to check my phone or something and like realize like holy shit because you only have like 45 seconds or something to set up these battle rings. You know? And like I'll like get it like you know sometimes you get into a battle and there'll be multiple waves like you'll kill all the enemies and then the fight will end or sometimes you'll kill all the enemies and another wave of them will come and you don't know that, that, that that's going to happen until it does so like you know i'll kill the one wave and think i'm done and then like check my phone like a fucking addict and look up and realize that i'm 30 seconds into a 45 second chance to fix <laughs> for the next wave and be like oh shit <laughs> so like uh that's the only time that it gets like demanding of your attention i would say but the rest of the time, it's a pretty casually enjoyed game that I think might fit that exact kind of thing you're looking for. So I nice. would advocate I advocate dabbling for sure. 
So that's what we're jamming on now. Let's get on to this game mag. of Dino Riki stage theme one and I don't know if you ever played that but I love that that game is in this magazine definitely a childhood favorite of mine oh Jab had the cart I think we, we briefly talked is it Riki or Ricky it's Ricky right I don't think Ricky I don't know we called it Riki maybe it's Ricky yeah. I don't know <laughs> that's that actually kind of that actually makes Ricky that's yeah on one we're not gonna do, I don't even really get to the bottom of that on this on this podcast but I am I want to know that the the, the 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 aspiring linguistic expert in me uh, would like to know that. <laughs> Anyhow, yes, we are in this magazine. This magazine is Game Pro HD4. It is November '89, and it's 3.95 US dollars, 4.95 Canadian dollars for whatever reason that might be. And the, the this is their first installment after going monthly, so that, that that's a big step towards legitimacy. And it's another 10 pages ish than the last issue too. So not only are they doubling their frequency but they also upped the content within so i, I don't know what the exact math on that is but it's it's a big jump <laughs> <laughs> love yeah. it yeah they're really putting the pedal to the metal over there at the game pro hq uh this cover this cover makes me want to play skyrim dude <laughs> <laughs> right i'm like yeah. what is happening here yeah it's it's a good it's, i dig it it's it's a good cover yeah so the, it's, it's illustrated art as uh, has been and always will be the case as far as i know and it's medieval fantasy stuff, as Skyrim might have suggested. But it's a heroine on a snow-covered mountain, face-to-face with a dragon towering over her. And there's some picturesque snow-capped mountain peak shit in the background. And the shot is kind of like the, the perspective is kind of over the dragon's shoulder, down onto the warrior. And she's wielding what appears to be more of a dagger than a sword. Despite there clearly being a real dual sword sheathed to her back, and, and that seems like a less than solid weaponry strategy against the dragon. <laughs> hey, I'm assuming maybe she had the dagger out for some other reason, and the dragon appeared, and so she's caught off guard. That's sure, the only thing. Yes. That, that's that's a logical explanation, but I think I don't know. You need to quick fucking change. I don't know. I guess yeah. I mean, we could have <laughs> caught her at that exact moment, but either way, she definitely wants to change up her, her her plan. I think if that were the case. And despite the ridiculous weather conditions for it, she's, of course, wearing clothing that covers as little skin as possible and is left <laughs> print boot. So that's stay, staying in kind with the, the, the times, I guess, on that front. Right. Yeah. The the bullet points go as follows. There's there. The, the, the headline is Super Mario Land on Game Boy. You get it all. So there I believe I don't think there was any Game Boy shit in the last one. I, I don't think so. This is their first Game Boy coverage, I think. And there are 17 pages of ProViews, River City Ransom, Dead Angle, Legendary Ace, Space Harrier 2. And they definitely misspelled Harrier, putting an O where there is, should be an E. So <laughs> uh, pretty big botch. So I, I guess the, we mentioned like a, the heightened workload led to some a bad job of, uh, on the edit front, I guess. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. they were rushing them out, which also makes me think, it's funny, I, after we talked last time, I watched that high score uh, documentary on Netflix yeah. and particularly the episode where we were talking about the Nintendo power counselors and like how they basically had to come up with everything on their own and they didn't get stuff early and they had to just like grind it out and just play immediately. Yeah. I wonder if it was, I wonder if that was the case here as well, where they switched to monthly 
and it's like rush time, you know, everybody's just like crank trying to crank to get these things out. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, especially because they were competing with, I don't know, it's a little bit of a, a double-edged thing because, you know, they're competing. It's a magazine. Nintendo has their own magazine, just speaking <laughs> of Nintendo specifically. Uh, and they're also, you know, just crushing things on the market share front. So they're not concerned, I don't think, over at Nintendo about, you know, helping generate additional press outside of what they're already doing with the magazine that's already successful on top of just their existing market share and existing ability to reach the consumer. Like, I just don't think they're too concerned about sending out information about these games to third parties for coverage. You know, I, I don't think they would go. I, I doubt that were that was the case. I think, you know, we've, we've, we saw that letter that one time from Sega, like Sega probably was a little better about that sending out like a little press kit or something for new games to try to with codes and what have you. But I bet Nintendo wasn't very good at that. So yeah, I mean, there's, you know, they probably had to do a lot of their own generation of, you know, how to attack these games. And that is a long winded way of saying, yeah, it probably was a motherfucker to go from one from every two months to one, (laughs) you know, and like, I highly doubt they, you know, the way, my guess is that you know they, it's not like they got advance notice. Like, hey, you might start, you might want to start thinking about trying to figure out Super Mario Land on Game Boy for the issue after this one. You know, I doubt they probably like the new one comes out. We're talking about the new one, and they go, "Fuck, gotta go find Super Game Boy or Super Super, <laughs> Super Mario stuff." You know, and the next one is Gauntlet Secrets Revealed, and then the latest from Japan, Pac-Land, rounds out the bullet points here. And jumping over to the inside cover is that ridiculous two-page OMTV Raps title ad that we've discussed at length in the past. And just, <laughs> I just, every time I see it, I can't, I, how terrible is that skin tone tan line on his forehead? Like, that, right? <laughs> what is up with that? Like, how do they not see that and want to do something about it? <laughs> and they're still saying that, like, you know? I keep looking at that and I'm like, is that just like, super blonde hair right there? So there's nothing they could do with that? I don't know. No, dude, that's, I mean, that is. Straight tan line, you think? It, it, no, I mean, it's got to be like whatever the 1989 version of Photoshop. Like that to me, like there's just no way that kid's skin actually has had that happen to it. You know, that would be that seems like a fucking uh, child endangerment case if they're putting, <laughs> if they're putting something on his face that does that. You know, like I feel I feel like that's got to be just bad photo editing work. But like, oh my god, you know, how could they have left it that way? How could someone have approved it? How could it? You know, it's it, it, it'd be one thing if we saw it in one wave of, of, of magazines one month and that were it. But if this thing is continuing to be sent out, I mean, I guess they could have sent it to GamePro and, like, signed a contract. And then, you know, they're going to use that same ad for X number of issues. And yeah. it just it was cost prohibitive to do the work send it to game pro again like i guess i could buy into that as being a reason why it hasn't been corrected but god damn is that bad i don't know man dude also it's 1989 and this dude is cool he has black shades and yeah, yeah cool yeah. cool swifty hair and like yeah it's cool man. yeah like yeah we went we we'll do we, yeah we went through this because there's we have an episode named swishy pants dude one of our mag up names uh he's too cool named. he's too cool for this you can't take him down it's a it's a it's a incredibly 80s ad for sure and following that another two banger which it's an atari 7800 deal that's featuring four of what i'm guessing they perceive to be some heavy hitter arcade port 
titles yeah. there. And it is in-house Atari releases of Xenophobe and Commando. And then Activision ports of Rampage and Double Dragon. <laughs> and yeah. The copy accompanying oversized close-ups of the game boxes is kind of incredible, man. Like, there's a huge headline that reads, Pick a fight after school. And then the pitch paragraph kicks off with this blurb. After a hard day at school, have you ever just wanted to go home and break a few heads? <laughs> destroy, a, destroy a couple cities? Or just blow up the universe? Of course you have. <laughs> and now you can without getting grounded. And, you know, I commend them for trying to be edgy, I guess, particularly for the times. But I'm incredibly surprised this made it through all the checks and balances that were surely needed at Atari because this was post-Warner Communications acquiring them. So, like, you know, on top of Atari's own bureaucratic lawyer red tape BS, it would have had to, I, I would think, get through Warner Communications' as well. And that's, I don't know, even in 1989, and obviously schools weren't getting shot up and shit and yet, but still, I don't know, that's, that's very brash to me as far yeah, as... I feel like we're still coming after the era of the Mad Men advertising. I don't know if you ever saw the show Mad Men, kind of that whole ad heavy when you could kind of get away with a lot of stuff at first. I I feel like this is definitely appropriate for the time. And I, as an Atari kid at the time, because we as we've talked about, I did not have a Nintendo yet. I loved this ad because this <laughs> made me feel included. Like I was, you know, not having a Nintendo yet wasn't the end of the world. And I owned Commando, Double Dragon, and Rampage, and I love those games. So yeah. me, I was like, yeah. They didn't get you on Xenophobe, huh? No. <laughs> I don't know if I ever, ever even played that game. Honestly. Yeah, boring, bad. I, I think I played, I think there's an NES port, and I believe I've played it, but I can't offhand think of what it is exactly. Yeah. Commando specifically was very fun. Obviously, the Nintendo versions of Double Dragon and Rampage are better, but yeah, the Commando. Very is that, that is that the same commando as like the it's arcade port, right? Like where you're just the soldier, kind of a Kari warrior style, running up from bottom of screen, vertical scrolling. Is it the same thing, or I, if I believe, yes. Now I'm like, I, I didn't actually look this one up, but I remember it. I remember loving it. I think it was like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that one's on NES as well. If that's if that's if it's the same thing. I mean, commando is oh. a generic fucking. Yeah, <laughs> name it could be anything, but it's the same I'll have to check that out and see if the, yeah. see how it is on NES. Uh, and there's yeah at the at the very bottom too. There's there's a a little tag that says winners don't use drugs, and I think that's kind of just a weird place for that. But <laughs> okay, but yeah, I, it, it, it's kind of a demonstration just that whole partnership for a drug free America thing that was going on at the time, right? Out of, out of Reagan's campaign, but still still kind of weird. And actually, no, this is post Reagan. This is fucking Bush, but. Oh, yeah. You know, it was a strong... I mean, from him forward, it's been like that, really. Yeah. Know? But I don't know. Yeah, it seemed like a... I don't know. Kind of weird that that got dropped there. And then, after that, there's the Tried and True Game Pro subscription and also a Mega Man 2 Strider Capcom ad that, that bridges us to the table of contents. And I have a fucking gripe about this table of contents. I normally... Uh, I always say I don't have anything much to say about these, but I have a gripe about this one. The pictures in the left margin for yeah. their Super Mario Land, Gauntlet, and Pac-Land, and they're just very poorly, no less, croppings of pages that are in the magazine. And it's like, I don't know, it's like a, 
I don't know. It's like when an old person tries to post some shit on Facebook and like they just do a bad job of like get making it look right, you know, and it just looks like <laughs> Bush League. It's like the same kind of thing. Like it's just a, a terrible job of layout design to like, you know, the Super Mario Land. It's just the fucking title of the game poorly cropped from the page that's in later in the magazine. Like how I think that, that's the most egregious one. Sure. <laughs> they they can have like, a picture of a sprite like, or a picture of the like cart or something yeah the cover the cover art of the game anything you know like it's like yeah. super mario la yeah i mean yeah gauntlet you could get away with like it's it's the, the the two warrior characters and it's like you know reasonably cropped of a shot pacland's horrible too though i mean they're almost cutting off part of his mouth you know the, there's no you're like who is this guy what his is hat's this? partially cut off it's just a terrible job of like if i if you were framing a film shot of that like that, that you would get fired as a cinematographer. Like that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's jarring. Like you can't even you can't fo- like the, the you can't focus on what's in the frame because of how obtusely framed it is. Like that's how bad the framing is. You know, yeah, I don't know. Just looks terrible. And like I couldn't I couldn't not bitch about it. <laughs> After that, we get the Hal Labs ad for shit we've seen. Uh, quite a few times uh, before we get to the letter from the game pros, i.e. editor, and this letter, they're all jazzed up about going monthly, which is reasonably so, and they're asking us, game pros, asking us, we're, we're the game pros out there, to call or write in and tell them our ideas for how we can help them decide on a rating system that factors in reader opinions. So, asking for more free labor. <laughs> I feel like they're, I, I kind of feel like they're doing this later in the art the art submission section too with the next art prompt that they give out uh, and we'll get to that later but mm-hmm. i don't know yeah i know they're you know there's a part of it it's like yes they're including the re- you know the, you want to include the readers we're creating a community here with this magazine that's the whole idea with this sort of thing but it, it also to me feels like you're asking for to not have to come up with ideas and <laughs> you know um it's funny you see it that way because i i definitely think of it as reaching out and being consumer minded like hey we want to be a magazine for the people like tell us your ideas let's include them type of thing i mean uh, yeah. I feel like maybe they weren't even planning to go monthly at first but because it was so popular it's like well if we're going to keep doing this we need more stuff what are the what are these people that clearly like what we're doing what what do they want do sure they want? sure sure i know well we, we've established my level of cynicism is <laughs> grossly larger than yours so there's or, or, or. <laughs> higher than yours so <sighs> and there's another hell ad for a couple game boy titles well i've never seen anyways revenge of the gator and shanghai and they take us into mail did you ever play your revenge of the gator and shanghai is just a it's fucking or wait no is that one that's there, there's another shanghai title later in the mag that's not on game boy is this one just the fucking puzzle game I don't uh, think so. The no. original version using Mahjong tiles. I don't. Okay, Mahjong. T- yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's Shanghai is usually a full-on just that tile-based uh, Chinese matching game, but it doesn't look like that's exact. It's like a it's a modification of that, but still in the same vein. So like that, I've kind of I've seen that shit a million times. But this Revenge of the Gator, like I've that doesn't even kind of ring a bell as a game I've ever seen for Game Boy. Yeah, that's a no for me, dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's those, and then it gets us in the mail here, and the mail is the most maybe boring mail I've ever seen. It's just people giving praise and obvious suggestions to what would go into a game mag. You know, like nothing interesting whatsoever about it for me, unless you got something to say. Uh, 
Dude, okay, okay. So the one labeled game things, I did find hilarious that the person is like, you, you want the suggestions? Well, here are my suggestions. And then he said, <laughs> he says, you should, you should have a section telling what new games in the future are coming out, so we can get excited and spread rumors. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I almost wrote that down as well, and they even throw it back at him in the, the reply. The editor reply at the bottom there, they mentioned again this the spreading of the rumors, so they thought that was funny too. <laughs> I mean, I definitely kid speak, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent, which is yeah. Yeah, I that that was that that is without a doubt the most interesting thing in here. It did not knowing I had a whole mag in front of me, I didn't get to writing notes about that particular thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, so there's a one page ad for Sunsoft Splatoon on the NES next and this is a fucking terrible game. Have you ever played this game? <laughs> <laughs> no, it. I actually looked it up, but I either didn't have the ROM of it, or I, I don't remember. But I was planning to look it up and like test it out. It's it, yeah. I mean, it's Sunsoft, and they you know they do nothing but fucking heat for the most part. So it's a rare clunker for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have recollections of playing, uh, playing it and badly wanting to like it as a kid. In fact. But it's it's fucking it's just so bad, man. The controls are fucking terrible, and you got to do all these. You know, you get the it calls it 3D in here, I think, which is insane. It's not 3D, but like you do move like up, and it takes you to a new screen or a new track to be on, and you'll 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 do those and come right into something like jumping down onto your fucking head, and it's a mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's just it's such it's so bad, man. It's such a bad execution. Um, of IP of IP that should be you know has all the potential in the world to be cool Vietnam War of course you know but right it's interesting you say that because my initial reaction like my initial gut reaction when I looked at this page when I was reading it was no absolutely not I'm definitely not playing that game like I had to like force myself to go back and like think about it like have I played this before like I know, like the movie, there was a movie about it, but whatever. But why am I so anti? That's why I was like, maybe I should check it out. But yeah, I might. The movie's fucking great. Oliver Stone. Yeah, the movie's fucking great. But yeah, so maybe I just played as a kid, and I was like, nope, <laughs> in uh, my soul. Yeah, Oliver Stone is is a very slanted perspective on anything he tackles um, thematically, but it, it it is definitely a good movie. Yeah, they do at least have a cutout form to mail in for their free newsletter we talked about a few eps back, and that's dope. So I support them for that. And I also, I still, I still love that tagline, the title holder, even though it is not applicable to their job with this game. I, most of their games are good, so I like it. Yep. <laughs> Agreed. And after that, we get another ad, a two pager for Jellico's goal, and it's. This ad is very, very reminiscent of the bases loaded ad we saw recently in either Game Pro or probably Game yeah. Pro. Yeah, yeah, where it's it's a sports scene going on in front of a TV in an average but dramatically lit living room, you know. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, uh, in this case, of course, soccer, not baseball. So that's it's that's a cool. I like that. Just the whole. I guess it's a campaign. You can call it if there's two different ads for two different games that are kind of in the same vein. So that's cool. But, yeah, it, it worked for me. Yep. And the, we've already chatted about the game, which is okay for NES soccer, in my opinion. But one thing I would say about this pitch paragraph uh, on the second page, it, it specifies that a full soccer team is 11 people touting that as like a realism accomplishment within the game. And Jay, I've lived 39 years without having any clue that a starting soccer team is made up of 11 people. <laughs> like I 
had no idea. And I know, I know I was floor, like it, it, it was, I know I didn't know it because I, I thought to myself how surprised I was to hear it's the same number as an American football team, you know? So uh. I know I've never, I've never gleaned that knowledge from any other source in my entire life. <laughs> Including as a little kid playing soccer. <laughs> what? I mean, it was, dude, it was only like, I went to like two practices or something, got the t shirt, and was like, fuck this. I don't want to play. Oh, soccer. okay. <laughs> at, at age five, no less. So, you know, that makes more sense. That's yeah. We didn't, we didn't get to the whole rules book. They didn't give me that to me. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was funny that I, I you know, <laughs> have never picked that up. It's amazing. And I, I've definitely played. I had FIFA 64 on Nintendo 64, and I played that. I actually have FIFA on my Sega Genesis, too. I don't think I've ever put the card in. I got it. Like, I, I bought a lot of games, and FIFA happened to be in it, and I don't I don't think I've even actually played a game on, on it. Uh, but I definitely played the shit out of FIFA 64 because it was the only game. When I bought my 64 used, mm-hmm. it was I think it was the only cart I might have gotten with oh, wow. it. Yeah, so I, I played the shit out of 60. I mean, I went and bought games immediately, I think. But that was, you know, I had it when I had very few games. So I would play that game on 64, and I enjoyed it. So even even with that, I, you know, I'm sure that was 11 on 11, but it just never, I don't know. <laughs> I never thought. Yeah, that. I'm sure they kept the trend of realism going. Yeah, for, <laughs> yeah if, they, if they were able to pull it off here on Nintendo, I'm sure they were able to, to, to wing it on 64 as well. But, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, and that's it's funny you say that because I – you know, I only really watch soccer when it's like World Cup time. It's it's not really my game. But at the same time, working in the industry, FIFA is such a huge game still. Like, it is massive. Worldwide, yeah, of course. Yeah. The Cutting Edge is our Super Mario Land Game Boy feature, and it is a two-pager. And it it has, rather, full color, interestingly, illustrated maps of the first six levels through level 2-3. And they tease that full maps of the latter six levels will be in the next issue. And I was just saying on the last episode how much I commend Nintendo Power for never giving away the endings of the games. So if they end up doing that, I think that really sucks. But this it's a you know great game. We're not doing Game Boy games, but this is obviously an incredible game. Got to draw the line somewhere, though, or we'll never fucking be able to end these episodes. <laughs> but great game. Everyone had it, of course. And I, I do dig the illustrated maps they have here, too, just as far as the, the magazine job on this goes. It's cool. For sure. After that, there are two pages of Hot of the Arcades and Sega's Golden Axe, Konami's Bottom of the Ninth, and Data East Sly Spy are the games here. I played Golden Axe in the arcade, though, although only in recent years, that game. That, or the, I think there's Golden Axe 2 as well, and one of those is, is often in the barcades that I hit up something whenever i go whenever i travel into any town i look up a barcade and go check it out and see what they have there and um that's those easily, those. easily the most popular of the of those three titles yeah for sure to say the least yeah the and if you don't know what golden axe is it's a classic medieval fantasy beat-em-up that will it, it it hits genesis for sure and we'll definitely talk about it when it gets there even though i don't i didn't actually play it on there as a kid either but i know it, it was a game that and yeah, the other two I've never fucking heard of. But that the Konami baseball game though looks like it has amazing fucking graphics on the screenshot. Right. You know, for the for the times. And I also think it's really cool that it has a split screen thing going on. So head to head players get their own each get their own batting and pitching POV. You know, that's kind of cool. That usually you get you know either one or the other, and then the opposing thing just kind of has to deal with it in reverse fashion, you know. But 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this wondering, I wonder now how popular this was, because that seems like something that we wouldn't really have seen back then, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, it, looking at that, yeah, I was kind of thinking about, too, how, like, I just never playing a baseball game in the arcades. And, and, you know, and it always goes back to the fact, I think, partially that I just didn't have access to arcades for the most part as a kid. So there's very few things that I had any exposure uh, to, and that could, that could be the root of this. But, yeah, I mean, I, don't, I just don't, I, I don't think I've ever in my life played a base. I mean, I played... I have played RBI baseball on one of those play choice machines that mm. has Nintendo games in a barcade, yeah. the New York one on, on 27th street and like eighth Avenue, maybe it's eighth, eighth, I think 27th and eighth between seventh and eighth. There's one that popped up a few years before I, I got, I skedaddled out of there and they had a play choice machine with RBI baseball. But that is the only time in my life that I can think I have ever played a baseball game in the arcade. Yeah. Makes sense. It, it definitely sucked too because I only got to play one inning on the quarter. I was like, "What?" Uh. That, that play, the play choice machine. Period. I fucking hate. Same thing. Like I played Mike Tyson's punch it on there, and I got to like it was t- literally timed menus and all. Like the amount of time oh. it, was just, it was just the game though. So like you would lose time with fucking Von Kaiser dancing out to the fucking middle of the oh. ring before the fight and stuff. And you're just like, "Oh fuck you!" If I'm on time, let's go. You know, <laughs> like let me play the game. But it, yeah, it's just no deviation from the console version, and it was a time thing. Like yeah, I think on a quarter I was able to, you know, you know dude, I'm fucking Mike Tyson punch out the 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 minor circuit. I am dusting those guys the fuck off, and yeah. and I still could only get like halfway through the Von Kaiser fight on a quarter, so I was furious. So yeah, yeah. fuck those play choice machines. But <laughs> <laughs> so that's these three, and after that we get a a three banger pro classics feature on Gauntlet. And I'm pretty fucking sure this is for the NES port, but nowhere is it specified in the feature, in the table of contents, or in the cover mention of this. So, I don't know. I feel like that should probably be explicitly stated up front in a game mag covering, like, at this point, five, six platforms. You know, if you include the arcade, six, I think, platforms. So, you know, that should be specified, I think, but... Maybe they assume you just know, like, yep, this is Nintendo, you know it, or that was just completely left out. I, I, yeah, it's got me in. Well, I don't know. They might be assuming that, but that's it's still an oversight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they bothered, you know, which we, we clowned on them because uh, one of the first couple issues, I think, didn't, it, or it fucked up the specification of some of the Atari titles or something and called them NES titles in the mm-hmm. probing section. So they've already fucked that up before, and to not have it at all here is, I think, uh, also an oversight, but. Anyhow, the article is comprised of tips for some like specific rooms of note. If you can just can consider this repetitive ass game to have such a thing, you know. <laughs> but yeah, this game, I, I don't think I knew it was a long game, but a hundred, it's got a hundred levels. Like who the fuck ever finished that game? <laughs> right? You know, I think there what, is a password system. They say, odd, but you know, yeah. Christ, like it's so repetitive too. That game, you know. I just can't imagine. Like, I, I played Gauntlet 2, and I remember Gauntlet 2 being fun. Like, it was a co-op thing. I remember me yeah. and Justin playing it. But, yeah. like, to see this, 100 dungeons for a game they said earlier in the ma- game, many people haven't beat. That's why they're featuring it. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Gauntlet 2 is much better, and it, it is multiplayer. I, I won't. You can play two players in this too, I think. But yeah, it, it's it, it is it's a way better game, better looking. The the actual mm-hmm. gameplay is better, I think. A little more varied, 
Uh, and I, like, I think your characters have some kind of special skills and stuff. So there's a little bit of character development, if I recall correctly. But yeah, yeah. I, just, I, mean, I just don't know how the hell you play 100 levels of that game in a row. And after that, there is a four, count them, four page ad for the fucking Power Glove. <laughs> I'm going hard. Yeah, so yeah, Mattel is dropping dough on this thing. And it's actually for, you know, how shitty the underlying property is. It, the, the, the ad is kind of cool. The first page is a very shock advertising minded, all black background with a bland joystick center stage. And then in big, bold impact white font above it, it says child's play. <laughs> <laughs> And then they follow that with a two-page spread showing the glove close up, like across the whole two pages. And like the top half of the, of the two pages and the bottom half is a bunch of copy. That is just one big fucking lie about its functionality. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last page is a screenshot of Super Glove Ball, like a, which admittedly I think does look pretty futuristic and, and for the time anyways, intriguing. Um, you know, the, it's a, basically a game where you pick up like a, a rubber, I don't know, some kind of ball, and you, I've never played it, because even though I had the Power Glove, that was the only game they ever made specifically for it. Yeah. So, um, so actually, yeah, for that reason, the copy below that screenshot is probably a little less of a lie, not quite as full of shit, because that game was actually designed for that piece of shit, and I'm sure works a little better than trying to program it to do other things that it's not meant for or, or not uh, ideal for. But They also have a little mention here, to look for this thing in the Universal film The Wizard, so yes, yeah, that camp that campaign is rocking and rolling hard in every possible fucking outlet that they can get anything for it in. And there's, I think there's, there's at least one other instance, another mention of that movie in this magazine too. So it's working, and that really weird Hudson Soft ad with the controller we've seen precedes the Adventures of Game Pro comic. And Francis Mao is still the lead dog on the strip here. And rather interestingly to me, they're biting off Nintendo Power pretty hard with a new addition to this and featuring a real-world video game title in the storyline, which was not the case in the first two, you know? And yeah, I'm, I'm wondering... I wonder what the strategy is here. It's interesting, though, because I was actually looking forward to this like reading this yeah. comic again yeah <laughs> it's so <laughs> you know? good it, it's it, it didn't it did not to their credit i mean there's a little i would say there is quite a bit of effort made to stuff game assets and features into like as exposition mostly in the form of the main character game pro talking to himself about game features yeah. you know so you know that's there but i think as far as the actual like what's happening with it they were able to integrate it into what was the existing story that we had we had gotten to in those first two installments of this, you know, I think they did a decent job with that. I mean, I, of course, hate the exposition stuff and the just reading game features, but uh, generally speaking, I would say they did an okay job. Uh, and yeah, I guess we should say it's Blaster Master on the NES is the game that they're in here, so. I don't know. It, it ends with him finding out the game players on Earth might be being held captive by their video game systems. And after that, we get a, a couple full-page Vic Tokai NES title ads coming at us next for Clash of, or rather Clash at Demon Head and All Pro Basketball. And Demon Head isn't out till January, All Pro till December. So neither one of these are out yet. But the artwork for both of these are fucking fantastic. I think. 
Uh, I know. I actually started looking for those titles. I was like, wait, what are these? Do I have these? Like, yeah. Can I play these? Yeah. Demon Head has like a really incredibly 80s medieval fantasy sci fi mashup thing going on with it. Very, to me, I thought of Dolph Lundgren, like the Dolph Lundgren He Man live action. <laughs> yes, I can see that. Yeah, kind of what's going on there. Uh, one of the feature bullet points for All Pro is slant, like it lists off bunch of game features and one of them is slam and jam and it's sandwiched between true five on five gameplay and player substitutions which are like very normal basketball simulation <laughs> things like what like so what the fuck is slam and jam i don't know i'm guessing maybe like a dunk contest but i was wondering the same thing i was like what is that are they just telling you you can dunk the basketball and trying to be cool about it like or is that a mode like what yeah, yeah, yeah what the fuck is that but I mean, you know, it's advertising, and I want to know more. So, uh, good job, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. We're talking about it, so <laughs> right. And my uncle actually had Clash of Demon Head, or, or I shouldn't say that. I, my, Clash of Demon Head was at my uncle's house for a substantial period of time in my childhood. So I think maybe he borrowed it for someone from someone because it's not. Yeah, I took all his games last year when I brought all all that shit out here to L.A. and it's not in the game carts that mm. he had so i'm guessing he was he had borrowed it from someone anyways i i've dabbled with it so i'll have shit to say when we get to it and it's out but okay yeah all pro i'd never it I, that had never gotten on my radar before so like i, I was i was questioning whether it even was released but it, it does appear to have been released so look forward to seeing if they got that right because there weren't many bass i know you like fucking uh what's a what's my fuck what's uh double dribble i don't care for that though and then I, i've said more than once Magic Johnson's fast break is dog shit. Arch Rivals is pretty good, but there's not there's not a lot of basketball options. So if that one turns out to be pretty good, I'll be surprised. I spent my childhood with no basketball game. Super Hang On for Genesis, and it is the Enter Your Name theme. I love the, I don't know, like, semi-insignificant, like, little, like, password entry. I, I love I love the <laughs> using the themes from those. They're right. the ones that kind of slide by the, uh, under, under the radar from a lot of these old games. And we are getting into, it's ProView time. So the first up is on the NES. It is Technos's River City Ransom, which hey, is uh, yeah, it's not till January, unfortunately. And I mean, I, I knew I, I I figured I'd have to argue with you actually when I saw this a little bit <laughs> <laughs> that it's not out yet. That we have to demonstrate patience still. Yeah, uh, yeah two two page spread. I mean, come on, this is quality. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, the artwork is pretty fucking good here. It's um. I don't know, like that is that's that's not. I'm always so torn. Like I I don't is that proprietary art or is this the only time we've ever seen artwork that looks like that? Like definitely with that the the text above the River City Ransom titling is definitely something I've never seen before. But I feel like I maybe have seen this artwork before. This, this artwork is definitely their proprietary. I mean, this is not GamePro. This is the the Capcom the art. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Technos, not not Capcom. Oh, but 
Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it does seem kind of familiar, but I also I also feel like that title up above is something I've never seen before. I don't know. Anyways, cool. Either way, whoever the fuck did it, good job. And, <laughs> and the, the first thing that is out in here, and we, we can talk about, though, is there's a two-pager on Softel's Casino Kid, and that hit in October, so it's fair game. And this game is kind of fucking weird, man. It's It's a combination of casino game simulation and RPG, really. And did I know I've... It? What's that? Did you play it? Yeah, yeah. Like I, oh, I know I've said like horribly derogatory things about playing dumbass casino games with fake money on a Nintendo game, but the RPG elements of this, however light they may be, make me less adverse to that part of it. And I also vaguely remember a rental instance of this kid and not being entirely disgusted. So hmm. I was willing to fire it up and, and did so. And I don't know, man. I fucking think it's kind of fun. It's <laughs> it's fucking weird. It's like it's a it's a damn good looking game. Like it kind of well. First of all, I lo- I love the title screen music. of the game is very it looks a lot like star tropics to me like that level of quality really? as well as just kind of the the animation and sprite style feels very star tropics e2 you know and and that i don't know it looks pretty fucking good the casino floor looks great and like the, the way the way the character sprites their movement and stuff again very very star tropics e and kind of like this wit like this wiggle back like the, the the wiggle back and forth they almost like cartoony kind of wiggle back and forth to all the characters at all times even when they're mm. in between steps you know so, yeah. I don't know, very specific thing but it, it, it jumped out to me and like the cut scene like you whenever you talk to someone it has a it has like a cut scene thing and the artwork on all those is really good for each of the characters because like you walk around you talk to the waitresses you talk to the just random other gamblers you can end up in games with with people you gotta like there's like a I don't know if you call it puzzle solving, but you gotta like, you gotta, you know, there's all these tables you can play, blackjack and poker and, and stuff, but you, like the, you need to find, because you're like a, you're a young kid, your inexperience is the story setup, and you only have 500 bucks. So like, the idea is that you gotta go in and kind of build your character up in, in, in a sort of way by speaking to the people and finding out which of the dealers is basically shittiest at their job so you can take advantage of them, you know? So like, you gotta like talk, you gotta like, acquire information and approach the gambling aspect of it strategically you know what i mean which is obviously infinitely more interesting than just playing poker on fucking nintendo for fake money you know so like there's there's an aspect that gives you a reason to care about winning (laughs) the the the, you know so that that makes me excited to hear because if i had the rom for this i would have played it i look my my original thought was I don't want to play a card game on the computer. <laughs> right, but, yeah. but then, but then I realized, well, I'm having my monthly poker night via Zoom, like via com- online play now. Essentially, yeah, what's the fucking difference, right? So, and then, yeah, to your point, the RPG aspect had me very interested. So I read yeah. through it. I'm like, so I looked and I'm like, man, if I had this, I would actually play it. So yeah, yeah. they, uh, I yeah, I had to download it too. I didn't have. It. I was surprised that I didn't have it actually. But uh, I had to download it. Dude, uh, ROMs. What is it? Roms. I think it's roms.download.net is 
a safe one. It's a, it's has every ROM you can want, and it's safe to download from. You know, yeah, I, I am super protective about downloading dumb shit because <laughs> yeah. I this, my my work laptop as well. And if I it, if I get fucked, I'm my life is gonna come to a crashing down. So yeah, I will not download dumb shit on this computer. I had my old that's what I had the burner laptop for, which unfortunately no longer works. But <laughs> the uh, uh, this website, like I've done research and I mean, yeah, I guess I don't have any scientific proof, but I've done a bunch of research that says this website is clean and, you know, not malware laden and shit to, to download from. So yeah, ROM, ROMsdownload.net. So whenever you need anything, do you just jump over there? It's super quick to find it. Nice. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of fun. I mean, I, I was I, entirely shocked <laughs> that I was enjoying myself <laughs> playing it. Uh, and yeah, even when you're in the games, you know, it's not just the cards. Like, you can see the person's face, and they, you know what I mean? It's dumbass NES reactions, but the, the characters you're playing have reactions, and, and, like, I don't know. I didn't play it enough to discern whether you could use those strategically, you know? Like, if they have tells of sorts for the, mm-hmm. particularly the poker minigames, but either way, it just it just lends more character and more, you know, care about the outcomes of these things because the guys talk shit and are surprised when you they lose and da 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 and they like talk shit when you know you you just fold or something they'll talk shit to you so like there's just it's just way more going on than most of these kind of casino simulators on on these machines you know so nice yeah i mean you know i yeah say again saying that too but like dude the only part that i thought was good about red dead red dead redemption after i've been playing it for a while was the story writing was cool but the gameplay was dog shit but i would play the fuck out of the poker in the saloon <laughs> and that i mean i would it just i could honestly saying that now i, I might do it when i get off here <laughs> i mean like, I've, i haven't played that game in a while and that so much fun that part of the game is was so much fucking fun man uh, that's and, like that's like The Witcher. If you played The Witcher three, I hated that because I don't understand that game, dude. But no, get, yeah. but The Witcher three was you know another open world game, probably one of the earliest like big ones out on Xbox and stuff. But it had this card game in it called Gwent. Gwent. Right. And no, dude, Gwent, it's like a thing. Like they like sold decks of like they they that they created a fucking revenue stream with that game. Dude, I know. Look, so, <laughs> so, like after that, like I was so excited when I got to play Gwent in the game that like they created a beta of the Gwent game separate, like a separate Gwent game outside right. the Witcher. Right, right, and I was right, playing yeah. that and they, they kept changing it so much. So now it's something completely different. I'm sure people are playing it, but I don't like it as much as like the original, like, cause obviously if they're going to make it a full game, they got to add more features, but they just kind of, they made it too much, you know? It up, right. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, you know, there's plenty of, that's like one of the things that the game you can, you know, you, you can like, it can change the way I think the story goes even in that you can use Gwent as a way of interacting and kind of winning an interaction with a, yeah with, a, with an NPC, I believe, if I recall. It's been a while since I fucking tried to plod through that game. I'm not a big <laughs> fan. But yeah, I mean, I remember that being a thing. And like, that's kind of what, I don't know, that that it wasn't entirely arbitrary. Well, you can also play it arbitrarily, I believe. You can, like, go find games. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just, it just didn't... I, I just did it. Learning... I did, I, it was probably just fucking laziness on my part, I guess, really. I'm, 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 I'm avoiding responsibility here and that I never really learned how to play it well. And I'm sure if I did, that would increase the amount of fun you could have with it. But, you know, the fact that I could just... I know how to play poker, obviously, and fucking that you could just sit down and do it within that story world in such a way where, you know, it was just so well done that that the execution mm. of, of that part of, of red dead 2 that uh yeah i liked it a lot so 
Yeah, I, I did not play Red Dead. I did not enjoy Red Dead 2 either. I only bought it when people like our Elder Scrolls Online Guild kind of fell apart and people started playing different games. And a lot of people were playing that. That was the only reason I even bought it. But I was like, meh. No yeah, thanks. it's not. I mean, again, the st- it's one of the best video game stories I've ever seen as far as the actual writing goes. Mm-hmm. A lot of the dialogue stuff is, is all really well done. But the actual gameplay is just repetitive and boring as fuck you know again it's, it's kind of like i was describing without a world you're just going like one map dot to the next map dot it's just you know it's just fetch quest after fetch quest after fetch quest in reality and i just you know i would get the, the major story points where it would like cut scene you and tell you stuff it was so beautiful and that stuff was so well done because it was like heavily scripted and done right but the stuff like the little mini interactions or the dialogue in between people like because i didn't care about the map dot to map dot aspect of it like i was kind of just blowing through that a lot of that dialogue and it wasn't any fun but and, and the, like the shooting fucking people is really boring it's like you're just waiting for the re- the thing to turn red basically you're just kind of sweeping it out there in front of you and whenever the dot turns <laughs> red you hit the fire button you know it's just not and you can that's kind of an assist thing too you can you can kind of dial that down i think but i don't know i just didn't it did not do it for me gameplay wise yeah anyhow that's a fucking tangent jesus christ uh (laughs) there's yeah there's as far as casino kid goes there's I, i wouldn't say there's enough substance for a game up in here i don't think anyways but i definitely added it to my shit worth playing list which i haven't talked about in a while but yeah that's always in the show notes and linked to on the website if you want to look at the dumb shit i say you should play when you're bored but it, yeah, it, it, I don't think there's enough there to, like, talk about for a, a fucking hour like we would have to for a game app, you know, mm. unfortunately. But it is, I think it is fun, certainly, especially because it is, you know, you can save state with, with that, too. And, and, like, it almost, you could almost play it in the same way, arbitrarily, that we were just describing for Red Dead, you know, where you don't, you don't even need to, like, really hunker down. if You just, like, want to fuck around with a casino type game with a little heightened reason to care about the outcome of it uh, on the NES. I think it might be your best option for doing that. Nice. And the last NES title in the pro view section here is culture brain release of the magic of no fucking way I can pronounce this. Can you Jay? (laughs) (laughs) Shaharazad. Okay. It's fine fine with me. (laughs) Uh, In any event, it doesn't come out till December, uh, so we don't need to talk about it right now. I'm not familiar with it, but it looks like an action RPG deal with Arabian theming. So, could be something. Uh, I don't know. I don't have any positive memory or positive or negative memories of it, really. To be honest with you, we go from there to the Sega Master System section of Pro Views, and first up is a two-pager labeled Family Games. So it's not even like a specific title, it's just Family Games. And the two games they're using here are Monopoly, and again, this, yeah, I was talking about Shanghai earlier, so Shanghai mm-hmm. is trying to like cross-platform release here, I guess. <laughs> and so Monopoly is obviously fucking Monopoly, which everyone has played, and Shanghai, Shanghai in this case is very straightforward Mahjong, the, the tile-matching game that I think everyone has played on a computer at some point in their life. I used to play the shit out of a Windows 3.1 version of this like circa 1994. <laughs> I've never played it in my life. No, it's dude. It's it's a it's a fun little puzzle game for sure. I've always seen it, and I was just been like, man. I think there were always other random PC puzzle games that I was playing, so I was just like, yeah, yeah. It's super. It's super easy to pick up. I mean, it, it looks. It maybe it's a little bit intimidating, maybe because there's not. It's not. 
not all of it is directly like exact matching. You have to learn a little bit of kind of like these groups, like there's the seasons and then, you know, you can only match like uh, certain numbers or letters of tiles or like there's like the, I think the, the compass ones, the, the northeast, southwest one. Yeah, so there's like there's a little bit of like shit you have to pick up. You can't mm. just it's not an instantly just I know exactly what to do. Like if you were to play fucking solitaire or something, you know, so there's a little more to it than that. But it, it's not complicated by any length. And if you spend fucking five minutes looking at a, a description of the game, you could pick it up and add it. It's, I actually have it's one of the few things I have as a dick around game on my phone. Mm. Has that that and on my phone, I have that and Clash of Clans are the only two games that are just like dick around things on my phone. Uh, that I'll play. Plans is still being played. Wow, I know it's. I hate it. It's such a it's life suck. But Jab got me into it <laughs> years ago. And the, the the nature of that game is it's an ongoing thing. So I have, I do, I have like a almost a decade of my life into my village. Like there's no chance in hell that I'm letting it go. <laughs> so so like, that, you know what? That reminds me. I had because I don't have any games on my phone right now. Like part of that is probably just that we're at home and I have every video game I could want at home, but. Like in the past, like I've deleted, you know, random games like Candy Crush and that kind of nonsense. But I had Age of Empires Castle Siege and I played that for a couple years and I enjoyed it. But then like it just they stopped supporting it, like they stopped like keeping the game going. And so it got to a point where they were evolving it and it was cool. And then they stopped evolving it. So there were, wasn't a whole lot you could do outside of like a daily battle. And I was like, eh, and fell apart. Well, so I'm kind of of clans is they have not, they must be just fine on the revenue front. Cause they support the <laughs> shit out of that game. There's new shit. All, like that's honestly, that's one of my bigger gripes is like, there's always new shit and I don't want to invest the amount of time necessary to like mm. really dive into the strategy of optimizing. I, I don't even like the battle part of it. I just, I just like the building part of it really. You know, which is, is is very akin to my Civ Civ uh, Civ Six style play too, or whatever Civ. You know, I just kind of I enjoy the building, I don't enjoy the warring, pretty much. Like, in the, you know, so you've played. Do you I mean, if I speak of Clash of Clans? Do you know? Did you have you ever fucked with it at all? Or I I think I downloaded and played it a little bit when I was looking for an alternative to Age of Empires. Okay. Either yeah. that, or I like downloaded it, but then like it ran out of space on my phone, and I was like, ah, all right, maybe I won't download it now. Like I, I was, I was very interested in it at one point. Yeah. it's it. like one of the major aspects of it is you can, which is hence the name, you can join a clan, right? And then you are on a team of other players, and when mm. you're on, like you do group battles, then where you as a oh, I didn't as, know that. Yeah, as a team of, of players take on another team of players and like you each have to each person is allowed within it's like I think a two day window maybe or you could probably change it's probably customizable but within whatever the window is each player can attack twice and each player on the other team can attack twice and like the number of total battle wins whichever team gets the most wins the battle and then there's spoils for winning mm. the, the, the war you know so like that aspect of it is too much man it's like if you you know there are like serious mother you know, obviously everyone gets there's fucking people who just get too into it <laughs> so there's like you know if you join a clan worth being in they're battling hardcore and if you don't keep up your end of the bargain they will kick your ass out or talk shit to you it's just like too much oh, responsibility oh. you know so yeah. like i don't like i don't enjoy that aspect of for that reason i just don't have the i'm not willing to die you know bat the battles take two or three minutes you know so like i don't have time to like for certain 
give six minutes every two days to the games. It's not happening, you know, even though that sounds like an arbitrary amount of time, like really within the confines of life or something that should be so meaningless. Like that's a lot of commitment. (laughs) So yeah, I don't, I don't enjoy that aspect of it. And then the individual battles are kind of boring. It's not really that fun either. Uh, and honestly, like, cause you don't control the soldiers. So like, it's just, you're kind of at the mercy of whatever their uh, AI behavior is. And I, it's, to me, it's so frustrating. Like, again, if I probably did more research and practice, if you want to call it that, I would be able to be better at executing that shit. But like for someone just fucking around, like it is, it's so unpredictable. And oh, frustrating. you know what? Didn't they, didn't they cross over and release on the Xbox? Probably. I'm sure it's on all sorts of, I mean, you know, like. It's a huge game. It's fucking. Huge. I remember. <laughs> I remember at one point, like, a, like it was a, definitely a few years ago, like downloading either that game or a game very much like it because I was like, oh, they had another all- one called Beach something or other. Like they, they've had, they tried to do spinoffs in the same kind of art style and gameplay style, but none mm-hmm. of them have stuck like Clash of Clans. But there was like, I was annoyed that I couldn't control the soldiers the way yeah. that I. And I was just like, it's no, super frustrating, you know, and it, it's like their behavior. It's like not only do the individual soldier types have their own kind of built in AI set, set and, and what they uh, are focused on doing attack wise, but they each interacts with the defensive fortification structures of the, the place you're attacking each soldier interacts with those and prioritizes those differently so there's just so much to know to really know how to best deploy things that it's for again for a casual user it's just too much in my opinion but dude, there's so many games out there that you can join clans or guilds or whatever and get your social right like competition fix on that's that is not where i would put my time well that's all that's also what pisses me off about it the clans that i would join i would always join either buffalo bills or cleveland cavaliers clans you know ones that named after or had some demonstrated some allegiance to those because i also wanted to basically bullshit about the teams you know yeah. thinking that that would be pot because there's a little chat function for you know w- within the inter-clan chat and no one right. would ever be talking about that shit like i would try to say shit and it would just get ignored and it's like what the fuck man like what? <laughs> why, do you, why do you make a buffalo bills fucking clan if you don't want to if you don't want to talk about the buffalo bills like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, that's a super stupid part of it too, in my opinion. So. Anyhow, welcome to the tangent, fucking aimless video game podcast that we're conducting <laughs> today. Oh, fuck, man. Uh, so yeah, actually, you know, it's funny. I said we used to play the shit out of the 3.1 Windows version of Shanghai. Like, I really thinking about it. I also, Jab and I also used to play, there was Ida Monopoly uh, port for Windows 3.1 too. So we used to play the fuck out of that. Which I thought was so cool. It's like the the digital like, that this is back like you know obviously very early in PC gaming, and that was also like my first computer too. So everything was new. Mm. But like the idea of playing Monopoly, which is you know it's funny like you know and we're both finance guys uh, as far as our backgrounds go. Like you know there's some component of us that likes the business bullshit of of yeah. you know anything employing that the strategy of business. And you know like even as a kid that, that I'm sure those genes were in there somewhere because I like I enjoy the shit out of the idea of Monopoly. The real world execution of playing out of a game of Monopoly tends to suck though as everyone jokes about when everyone anyone brings up Monopoly that you know who are these People rarely ever finish a game of Monopoly. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny to me that, like, you know, we used to, I'm sure it was the same thing, even though like, it was so cool to me that the you roll the dice digitally and then the things would actually walk. Like, all that was so interesting to me and cool. But I'm sure we still never finished fucking games. 
just because you know it's going to take like hours. You're you're in for like at least a three hour excursion, so everybody's got got to be in for that. And, and who the fuck? If, if you're like me and you have a wife who hates it when I when I gloat that something goes well, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, not as yeah. fun for anyone. Yep, yeah. Amy hates playing head to head games, and so we have all these board games that are co-op even board which are cool we have some really fucking cool actually there's some really cool options out there uh that mm. are like cooperative multiplayer board games but she, yeah she hates head to head shit too because yeah i'm a i'm a shitty i'm a shitty winner i know <laughs> <laughs> i blame mine on my brother t if you're listening this is your fault for being <laughs> yeah so competitive i don't yeah i don't know i didn't yeah, i didn't even have a brother until i mean jab didn't come into the picture until i was like fucking 10 really so i don't really have that excuse either i just I don't know, man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> Buffalo Bills, like my, my, you know, my buddy, the, my buddy Al, if the, he's a huge Raiders fan, the Bills just fucking beat them last week. And like, I had just been pounding his ass all week long about it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I cannot help it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my nature. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Amy doesn't enjoy that, which is fair. <laughs> uh, so but yeah, both of these, games have been out since 88 but we're not playing these fucking games for the podcast because they're fucking board games so fuck these even though we spent 10 minutes on that <laughs> the uh there's also a one-page ad for the u-force and another for an fci game boy puzzle title called boxel sandwiched in this pro view and that game boy title also does not ring a bell as we were saying about the later one but the next sega release is called dead angle which looked mildly interesting to me but I was assuming it required the zapper because it has kind of this first-person shooter look to it in screenshots, so I was assuming we wouldn't be able to play that, you know? But I wanted to pull the playthrough video to take a look, and it's actually one of those fucking crosshair controlled by the gamepad yeah. things. You know, a lot like Operation Wolf on the NES. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say it's great in Operation Wolf on the NES, but it is playable. If you have a game, like, it's not, you know, the, the, the problem with SMS is... When it's trying to do these big sprite things and shit, it's 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 too choppy and so like the frame rates are too bad, which is why Afterburner sucks. A lot of like the really high speed game arcade ports just do not fucking work on the SMS. It does much better with kind of simpler, slowed down things as far as the visual styles go. But yeah, so the so it just yeah, I could tell that the control style fucking would suck on <laughs> you know like having a crosshair where you're just moving it for it to not be a smooth scroll of that crosshair would just be a terrible implementation of that kind of thing so yeah in the in the arcade with an actual zapper sure here you know, that's the thing like you know the fucking sega had a zapper so it's they, they could have done that but they, you know i don't know yeah i don't know so yeah i didn't delve deeper and score the rom because that was the situation i was pretty certain that probably sucked but first on deck for atari pro views is a one pager on roadrunner for the atari 26 fucking hundred <laughs> like i can't this, even believe that yeah, no, dude, it, this came out in 1989 it's not a decade prior to that like you might fucking assume you know it's a new game that did just come out uh which it's funny like later on it's 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 also it's a tengen release for nes too and like the very i think the back cover has it and it is the same exact game so they, they were just releasing it on all the fucking platforms and they actually considered the atari 2600 to be a viable option <laughs> for releasing new games on which is i don't know man it's fucking insane yeah <laughs> i mean i guess if they could i i don't know how you i mean that's the definition of cross-platform like how do you even design the game for all of those systems at this time uh, i don't know man i don't know and why would you consider the atari 2600 i mean wow an option yeah with the 7800s and, and it's, yeah it's, it's so crazy that i don't know that there was such a 
a lack of willingness to just move the fuck on, you know? <sighs> um, I guess they just did the, you know, it's because it was no one knew how to do it. No, no one knew anything then. But and it does not look good in this. Like, I'm no, like, it's, yeah, it's, I've actually, I, and I fucking have no idea why, but I miraculously have watched a video review of this game, the 2600 port, I'm saying, on mm. YouTube for some reason recently. <laughs> I don't know why I did, but I did. And yeah, I mean, they, it, 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 did not look half bad. I mean, the guy was not glowing about it, but it, you know, it's, it was not a dumpster fire by any length. Which you know, a lot of those later, within the spectrum of Atari Twenty Six Hundred gameplay, a lot of those later titles, because people had been programming for it for over a decade, were actually pretty good. You know, but again, mm-hmm. by Atari Twenty Six Hundred standards, so I think it's not bad as far as those go. But you know, of course, I mean, compared to NES and I mean, God, any more have Gen- Genesis shit coming at us now, like just not even you know yeah i mean within the confines of this magazine i mean look at the prior pages and compare that to the graphics (laughs) yeah it's like i'm just seeing a block of orange and a block of black like no thanks yeah really really hard sell there for sure but yeah i guess you know there were just like you do you you sit and say like you know all i have you had the 7800 at least but you know there were probably plenty of kids out there that fucking no that's all i got like thank god this came not getting them to drop dough for you know these new systems so at least there's something i can do but yeah i mean it's just flat out astounding new games are coming out for this system (laughs) (laughs) and after that we get a full page ad for a company called hap controls inc of elk grove illinois and they have three nes controllers here one pad two joysticks and i have no firsthand experience with them but i can't say i'd be optimistic about plugging any one of these three things into my control deck they do do not look like the highest quality of items (laughs) they definitely don't but then i mean they're creating joysticks for the commodore and the atari as well so clearly like atari must have still been selling you know what i mean even though nintendo was this was like that height of nintendo right now like nintendo clear the champ but atari must have had a lot of that could be that could be backlog like product line shit too though like clearly they're only advertising (laughs) nes here you know what i mean so then they just that just might be part of the you know like companies say until until uh, a team of dickheads gets assigned the the project of rewriting the company slogan slash description it's just going to be what it's been (laughs) you know like that's one of the, the huge problems about big companies is just there's just you know Especially back then, when there's, there's, it just was everything was so slow moving that it could easily be a, a thing that just hasn't been updated. I think, but yeah, hey, who knows? Yeah. They probably are also. So we have a two pager on an Atari XE title here called Deflector, and this actually sounds like a really fucking cool puzzle game, man. Like you're you're completing electrical circuits with various optical laser transmission materials, like mirrors, refractors, polarizers, fiber optics, etc. And that's a really fucking cool puzzle game idea that I've never seen before, you know? So I, you know, I don't, I've never seen this anywhere else. And I, I didn't actually look to see if there were other ports, which I, maybe I should have, but I would like, that sounds like a game that I would be 100% on board with playing. Uh, if I was in the mood for a puzzle game, you know? Interesting. I, I, I feel like I would have to either see a playthrough of this because again, with the graphical difference between Atari 2600. Well, this is no, this isn't 2600. It's XE dude. It's the, it's the computer. What is that? Oh, I don't even know what the XE is. Yeah, it's it's a it's a desktop. It's like a it's kind of like I think on par with like a Commodore sixty four, to my understanding. It's it's an Atari release of a desktop computer with a gaming focus. You know. Gotcha. I didn't even notice that. Oh, I see. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 probably at least as good as seventy eight hundred, if not better. 
uh, technological capability, you know. Yeah, yeah probably but for the time it probably yeah it probably looks it looks like it looks okay too you know and for you know for a puzzle game you don't need anything too crazy on, on that front either True. just just got to be able to tell what the fuck's going on <laughs> would definitely have to play this it's i'm not sold i'm kind of like i think i wrote down like meh like i'm not sure i'd have to see yeah i mean I, I, i'm predisposed to like puzzle games you know if they're done well so that's part of the reason I, I would have that optimistic opinion. They have one Turbo Graphics installment, a side-scrolling action platformer centered around a shirtless jungle warrior. And, <laughs> dude, I took the leap here. Just I was like, fuck, we keep seeing these. Like, I can't just be completely ignorant. I need to take a whack. So I did a little homework and scored a Turbo Graphics emulator. And the one I chose was Turbo Engine. It was the one that seemed the easiest to deal with. It had had a decent graphical interface and not you know some of these kind of uh, lesser popular systems have emulators that are not as much development time went into and like like the atari 2600 emulator i have is i mean it has kind of a graphic thing but it's not it's not like a point and click perfect menu system windows kind of styled menu system like we have in mistopia and this fusion emulator for for the sega stuff uh but this one actually does it has a it has a decent gui and shit so i fired this fucker up it's not a bad game i would say on par probably graphics and control wise right alongside altered beast on the genesis maybe kind of like with you know like the like the bigger sprites and kind of like a little bit of a slow plotting control style with your oversized sprite, you know, uh, very two-dimensional, even though the better technology allows for kind of like a, a background that has a little bit of life to it and stuff that kind of almost portrays three, three-dimensional three space, but not quite, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that's where it's at. It was not great, but it was not a total piece of shit either. So like, I can see there being good games on that system, I guess is maybe the outcome that I got out of actually trying one of these games, you know, but that one is probably a two button controller. So that no issue there. Oh dude, it has more. I, I, that's actually one of the problems I had. I had, when I was trying to map the the buttons, it had like, I can't remember all, there were at least four though. I remember, you know, um, so yeah, there were, there were more buttons. I I guess I should, I didn't actually Google a turbo graphics controller, but do that real quick. Really? Because I took I took a look and I saw, I mean, yeah, there's like a couple switches up top, but I thought it would be more similar. Yeah, no, no, these thought, yeah, these PC engine things have fucking four. I don't know that I see a bunch of different ones. Well, no, that well, those are just switches though. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's, I, I, I see one with four. I see one with two. I see one with three. Here's this one looks like an original, and yeah, it has it's just two. I guess so maybe I don't know. Maybe you're right select there's yeah the run okay so there is there's there's a run button that's in the middle where the start button would basically be on nes controller which is oh i just assumed that would start and select like right yeah i don't know maybe maybe that's what they're calling start run maybe i don't know if i had i think i had i think it said to push run when i turned on the machine so maybe that is a lesser used button you know uh i would hope so certainly given its placement but um that's a weird name for it if that's the case whatever but yeah, I'll you know I'm not saying I'll be fucking you know I'm not saying we should start fucking covering the Turbo Graphics games, but I wanted to at least be able to speak to them when we're going through these things a little bit. If if a game looked good, I wanted to be able to fucking download it and check it out. Makes sense. And then we get that sultry two-page Genesis ad we've seen leading us into the Genesis previews we've gotten from the GamePro gang here, and it's uh, 
I think it's time to open the door. Let the Genesis games begin. <laughs> like, I was like, great. I, I got, just got these controllers, these NES Switch controllers. Now I got to buy a Genesis controller. Yeah, dude. What you do? I mean, you know, you knew that was coming. You, you, you're gonna, and it, it's it's a good purchase, dude. The Genesis games are great. And I mean, honestly, dude. You know, even with this, I, I didn't. I did end up this morning when I had dick around time. I ended up going through because I had downloaded all the ROMs, but I did not play them all and take notes on every one of these games in this ad. I was kind of just going to let it let us get to them organically and 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 reviews and stuff, and then the Sega magazine that we're going to start looking at next, uh, or, or coming up here, so Sega Visions is about to come out, so we'd have plenty of Sega coverage, and I wouldn't need to go through and do the fucking fifteen games in this ad or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, so I didn't plan on doing that, but I ended up playing a lot of them this morning, anyways, just for a few minutes to fuck around. And I mean, and and, and for the space area probe you too this first first review they do in here it made i was so excited to plug in my genesis controller on this fucking thing dude and like the quality of game it's just it's such a jump dude it's like really it's, it's gonna be so much more fun to play I'm, i promise you it's worth it for if, if, you know for the within the confines of this pod that you'll be you'll be glad you're playing these things because they, they are such a jump from these 8-bit level games it's just Man, so better now that you say that like even when we were texting about it the other day I was thinking to myself, like, it's going to be so weird going through Sega magazine and talking about these Sega games. Like, it's going to be a whole new world for me because I, I feel like. Yeah, I rented... yeah, you don't even, yeah, you don't even have the nostalgia thing. Good. Yeah, dude. No, no. I, I think I rented a Genesis once for like a couple days. Like my parents rented it for me. So I got to try it. And then I only ever played it again. Like when somebody I knew happened to have one. But that was so rare. So right. it's just not like I'm just not even going to be. I'm not going to be aware of what these games are like outside of Sonic, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I, it's funny you say that. I got, so I got my Genesis very similar to the NES. I got it kind of later in the game. I like, you know, the, cause the, the, the early, the, the Sega Genesis release is weird and it's kind of, it's like this, it has these two phases. It's like they released in 89 and there was this whole line of games and this marketing style and like all this stuff. And it's almost like two distinctly different eras. Because once Sonic hit, like Sonic was part of the Tom Kalinske like revamping of yep. the Sega Genesis, and once Sonic hit, it totally changed the quality and, and caliber of that system and the games for it. So like, there's all these games early on that because they were the early releases, so they're of course just inherently not as good as the games that came out later. And the fact that I didn't have the system yet, I just never went back to some of those early, early Genesis titles, which is basically that line of games that's in that ad that we're talking about here in, mm. in, in this magazine here. So like a lot of these games, I never really fucked with. So like going through and just diddling with these things, like it is kind of like a first time, or it is not kind of like, it is a first time experience with a lot of them. And like, even though I have all that latter Genesis experience, like it was such a, it was such a cool feeling and jump to, to dabble with these games after having been in the, you know, the mode of these, all these 8-bit shit we, shits we've been playing, you know? So like, yeah, I, 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 that's all just to say that I think you're going to fucking love going through and, and, and enjoy and, and embarking on all these games for the first time. I think you're going to really enjoy having never seen so many of them, you know, because they're dude, the Genesis. It's a great fucking system. I cannot, and it's so different. It's so fucking different than the SNES and obviously the NES. It's just such a different, it looks different. I've, I've kind of talked about it with the, the SMS at times, you know, like it just yeah. something about it is just so different looking like the, I don't know. They're like shinier, you know, like the, the, yeah. right, the, the graphics are just, brighter and more vibrant and more i guess more arcade like is, is maybe the best way to describe it which makes sense because sega is at this time in particular predominantly a, a, a arcade developer so yep. uh it's not surprising but 
it is it is distinctly different and just it just has a different feeling to it and you know they they obviously both have their pros and cons but i uh, yeah i think that i think it's a great fucking system and i'm stoked to be in it so on that topic being in it our first review is space harrier which is a sega proprietary release and this baby is a pseudo 3D POV third-person flying shooter, and that's a lot of fucking adjectives for a game. <laughs> but uh, they are all applicable. And I, there's nothing really notable in the feature, I would say. There's screenshots and some tips. But I fired it up, and yeah, I mean, like I just can, cannot stress how excited I was to, to be using a Genesis controller for the purposes of doing research for the mag, or for the pod, rather. But anyways, this is a very arcadey game, I would say. Yeah. Again, like all these early titles are very much that. They are just kind of arcade ports, and they have that feel to them. Uh, fortuitously, the system is, you know, exponentially better than that of the SMS, so they do, they just, the execution on all these are, is much better than we were getting of these arc- arcade ports, like these really storied arcade ports of, of Sega's on that system. So it's, it's, it's a big jump and really cool, but... This one in particular, it's like it's a forced perspective 3D thing that definitely takes some getting used to and kind of the controls like, you know, it's it's it because of the three, the pseudo 3D aspect of it, like you can't just like when shit's coming at you, it's a little hard to be able to figure out. Whether, basically whether you need to fucking move or not to dodge it you know what I mean? like you know like it's kind of like the force perspective is, is a really it takes some getting used to and i was not able to get used to it in just a few minutes of gameplay so that kind of fucking isn't that great as far as far as the game controls go and it's also got for all intents and purposes one hit death nonsense going on with it and that's not yeah a good thing either it does have the death animation and audio is very dramatic get ready but like, I, I remember that. Like, that's the thing I most remember from the first game, which is on SMS, the Space Harrier 1. And, yeah, when you die, it's just, like, yeah, like, you, you know, the, 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 the listener will be able to have heard it. It's, like, it's, I don't know, it's just so dramatic. And then on top of that, you don't, like, usually when you die in a game, you, like, kind of, there's, like, it cuts to black and some, or something, and you kind of restart from somewhere. In this game, when you die, your guy just flashes and it says get ready and like you got to just start going again right from where you were and like a very quick it's very very quick that you pick back up so like you are flashing a little bit so i mean you, you know whatever you was fucking you up you are able to evade but i don't know it's just it's a very quick flow chart for death that most games you know usually take a little more time with so that's interesting and different too i think but i don't know interesting idea but ultimately i find it to be an obtuse flying smup really is what it amounts to even though you can't run on the ground also and that's a genre i don't particularly dig so as far as our very first sega genesis review game review goes i wouldn't say this is my most uh, i thrilled about this being it because it's not a game i really cared for all too much it does not look good at all to me <laughs> <laughs> it's i mean you know it uh, i don't know i, I bet I bet there is a subset of Sega heads who like this is a game they really really like. It's just like a different kind of gameplay. Like the 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 people if you like flying shmups and shit, this is probably a really cool variant on that type of gameplay. You know, because you do you can go down to the ground and run, and and the force perspective thing is a different way to have to like perceive and avoid things. You know, so if you're into that kind of gameplay, this is probably kind of fun. But yeah, not for me. Yeah. There we get a two-page Koei, Koei, however the fuck you say their company name, ad featuring their war strategy computer ports, which we have talked about a little bit. That's kind of they must have had like a little bit of a press push going on because we like we're aware that these were coming, you know, <laughs> and then now they're here. 
Yeah, and it's the Romance of the Three Kingdoms and Nubunga's Ambition and these ads, like it's a very they're very copy heavy ads and I, and I, I mean I guess it, it makes a lot of sense I guess because these are you know kind of cerebral nature strategy games so the idea that that they're the way they would market them would be also in a cerebral mm-hmm. written way is sensible and I really like the tagline here too Koi Koi however you say it we supply the past you make the history like that's pretty hot <laughs> <laughs> that's a good very nice good tagline and dude, you know Nobunga's ambition. A hundred hours of game? Yeah, dude, that's what I wrote down too. Like, holy fuck, that is a long like, amount of time. <laughs> like, that's how long it took me to get through the entire story of Assassin's Creed. Right, I- yeah. No, that that's like the hundred hour gameplay benchmark is kind of like, you know, the the dividing line between like a really heavy built out modern open world game and something that's considered a lighter fare in that genre. Yeah. You know? you know, so like the idea of sitting in front of your NES and playing, and I know, I don't think you've played those you said, but I have played no. the shit on you, Bunga's Ambition. You know, it's fun. And for the time I was intrigued, but it is a very clunky implement console implementation of a, a game that you should have a mouse for, you know? So like the idea of like dealing with that for a hundred hours, it's fucking, oh my God. No. <laughs> And you know, and I assume it doesn't specify really, and it, like and it's so far before that was like commonly used terminology, you know, gameplay hours and stuff. Like I would, like in in a modern context, it would mean for one playthrough of the game, you know, like one game playthrough. And like I don't know, it would be weird to say that like however many plays of the game would be what they're talking about there. So I'm assuming it, it means for one game of Nubunga's Ambition, you know? And I I think it does have some sort of continued feature, so it's not suggesting that you have to do it for 100 hours consecutively, of course. (laughs) But still, like, uh, I don't know, I just can't fathom one of those games taking 100 hours and or, of course, devoting that amount of time to it just as a human being. (laughs) So yeah, that that was very notable to me, too. Uh, After that, we get our SWAT hot tips. One thing that immediately caught my attention, uh, having just played during the previews was the space harrier two level select tip mm. so when i turned that game on i immediately noticed that i like it like i don't even, not even if there was a title screen it was minimal impact of it and like one as soon as i started the game it took me to kind of this like it looks kind of like a airplane control like a flight deck or something or like the cockpit of something maybe and i could immediately tell that i was like it was like a level select thing you know and like it would because you're looking out the window of the of the cockpit or whatever you're in, you can like it would change what you could see out the, out the window, you know. So like when you you could select the levels and like they had a very distinct look, different look to each one. So you you know you kind of what looks the coolest. I was I was implored to choose, you know, and I did. And I, I played the game and whatever, you know, turned it off. And then I read this and like basically it's saying that if you change your level to anything other than the student area, which I believe is the, the first thing that it starts you on, and that option choosing area you cannot complete the game so like maybe it says that in the manual you know and uh, you know you're supposed to read that and i did not of course for just a, a dabble play but there was definitely nothing in the game conveying that i wouldn't be able to beat the game if i chose a different level you know what i mean and i think that's really fucking dumb and bad game design that you could like right. just like get go pick it up get going get that you know get to the end of the game or you know however that gets executed that prohibited aspect of it like it would be awfully terrible to get to that part of the game and just realize that you're fucked you know uh that yeah. would be that'd be a bummer 
Like, who would do that? Like, I don't even know. That's such an, a weird design choice to me. Agreed. Agreed. The... Oh, man. I, I picked up Wise. I played that Wise, the Vanish Omens. Did you try that one? Yeah, I noticed it too. And yeah, I, I ha- it's an action RPG that I, I had never heard of before. So yeah, I was, I'm, I'm listening and I fired it up too. Do, what did you think about it? Dude, so this is exactly what I thought when you were talking about the the Genesis and the Sega like graphics and all that being shiny and more bright and all that, like I picked it up and booted up and I was just like immediately like, Oh, I really like this color. I really like the graphics. And then I started walking around. I'm like, this is fun. I feel like this is going to be, you know, a dragon warrior type of RPG and it's going to take me a long time. So I just kind of messed around with it for a little bit. I could definitely see myself playing that if I had the time, it, it, it seems like yeah. a game. It's going to take a while, you know? Oh, yeah, for, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it's... Well, first of all, it is, a, it is a pretty goddamn risque opening screen, in my opinion, for uh, <laughs> an, an 89 game. Like, the, the, the when you turn it on, it's like a full screen, like, really, relatively speaking, for the SMS, high-resolution, topless female form holding an orb right in front of her cash and prizes. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, was like, I was like, that's kind of, I posted it on our socials. I was like, damn, Sega, that's fucking, I don't know. Was, you can like see side boo, basically, <laughs> which I don't know, that's fucking, I don't know. That's great. <laughs> As a kid, you're probably like, how many, how many kids are just sitting there? Just like reset, reset, reset. <laughs> Anyways. Yes, it is. It is a full blown RPG. There's shops, shit to buy. Lots of townsfolk chatter, like pretty wild. Did you go outside at all? Yeah, so I talked to several people first, and then I was like, well, maybe, like, because at first I didn't realize you could keep walking all around the screen and just expand everything. So I went in a couple places, and then I figured, okay, I, I guess I'm just going to leave. But I didn't have, like, a weapon or anything. So I went outside, and that guy has a shield. And I was like, oh, never mind. I don't have anything. I need to go back in the town. There's got to be somebody there. You're not engage in battle then? No, no, no. I went oh. back, went in all the shops, and yeah, but okay. I would definitely get into it. Did you battle? What yeah, like? so so the battle system is very weird in this game, dude. So you do not it's real time, you know, it's like I said, action RPG, it's not turn based battle, but mm-hmm. you do not there's no attack button. You what? the way you attack in this game is you just run into them, like with your character. So and the thing is, so if you run into it, so if the you know the characters or the NPCs rather, the enemies also move in all four directions. So you can you can tell which direction they're facing, basically. And if you run into them head on you can take damage. So if they're more powerful than you, you mm. can take damage and you have a little meter there at the bottom. So you can, you can, basically you can take damage and also die depending on how much more powerful they are. You can, if you come at them from either the sides of the back, which is of course tough because the enemies are moving kind of, you know, evasively to, to prevent that, uh, they, you can uh, inflict damage without any, I guess, any risk of, of taking any yourself. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's super, I mean, it's really fucking weird. And I like, you know, because I've never played anything like that, it's it felt obtuse. And I don't, I, I'm not going to go as far as to say I hated it because I think, you know, again, like we were just talking about, about whatever other game that was, you got to like take some time and get used to it before you can really critique it, I think. But mm-hmm. You know, I was definitely not used to it after a, a couple minutes of trying to do it. And I, I, mean, I died pretty much. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm not going to devote the amount of time necessary to really get good at this right now for sure. But yeah, it was, I mean, it was pretty damn interesting. I, and I posted, when I, you know, I posted the, like, that 
title screen shot I, I posted on our socials and uh, some conversations got started in the Reddit uh, when I, I cross posted over to the Sega shit. And, you know, like, this was a game that like I could tell people were remembering fondly, you know, so I think mm. I think that's a good indicator, too, that people were, you know, kind of chattering about liking it. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, I think there might be something there, too, and maybe it could be one last throwback to the SMS as far as a, a side quest goes, we could we could talk about doing that down the line. Yeah, it's interesting though. Like looking at the the picks in the mag, they I don't know if that that's just representative of like the area that this person is in, but that does not do justice to the graphics to me. Like this does not look good. Uh, well, you know these yeah the screen you know fucking the the screenshots. I mean they're like actual quest. Yeah, like, yeah they're, they're 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 pictures of actual television. It's yeah. There's just none of these screenshots look as good as it should. Uh, it's just that's the limitations of the time, you know. Yeah. But the bad dudes code in here is a code I never knew existed. It's you can do you can get sixty four lives, uh, like a thing you enter at the title screen can give you sixty four lives in the game. And Jab had this game, and I know we would have loved to have fucking known of this because that game is not easy. <laughs> With, I the same thing. I yeah. saw this and I was like, I might have to go pick this back up. We might have to park this. <laughs> would definitely make it much more feasible because yeah, and that, that's a game, you know. A level or two is really as far as you're getting without some sort of continue, uh, mm-hmm. continuing, you know, and yeah, it's not a good, not a good forecast for getting all the way to the end if you're fucking continuing on the first or second level. But <laughs> anyways, the another oh my fucking god thing in here. Did you see the Tyson's punch out thing? Yeah, but unless I'm not getting it, why would you want to get a busy a busy signal in your game? It's it's yeah, it's just a dumb fucking yeah. thing, but. I don't know, man. This, this is my favorite game of all time. So, I mean, it's very simple. The idea that anything exists feature-wise, that I have made it 33 years not finding out or seeing somewhere or reading or, you know, just coming across for the game that I love most in the history of video games is fucking crazy. It's totally crazy to me, and I have never heard of this, and it is such a weird, quirky thing, too, that, like, you know, it's not the kind of thing you come across and, like, forget about, you know what I mean? So... I don't know. Yeah, to me, it was it was flabbergasting to me. Yeah, I, I haven't tried it yet, but and I'm you know, and actually, I, I posted that on fucking the Reddit and shit too, and like people were like saying that it's a pretty you know dumb outcome, like the the sound, but just I don't know, just a cool thing, and like the idea that's Nintendo phone number too, like, yeah, uh, I don't know, that's just a cool little quirky thing decision for them to make you know to consciously decide to do that it's just a very quirky thing i think and and interesting in and of itself for that reason i could but, see that random easter egg that developers started right playing around with it and it's not like the the first i think the first comment on reddit was that like that's not the fucking that's not the counselor line <laughs> like yeah. like like kids have the, like there are motherfuckers grown ass men out there grown men and women that have that remember a phone number from 30 years ago because <laughs> yeah that, that's funny to me because yeah so it yeah it's not the it's not the council number which is a 206 number not a, a, a 1-800 number so I, I that maybe this is the customer service line i was guessing i don't know i'm not sure i didn't, let, I didn't bother to look it up but it's definitely not the <laughs> definitely not the council line what if it wait if it's a busy signal what if it's like an old fax line or something like that <laughs> yeah but you, you yeah. need a modem for your nes jay <laughs> i didn't have a modem did you <laughs> no i don't i don't think those those babies definitely didn't have any cellular cellular communication devices in them rbi baseball is in here with a title screen code that cuts to a screen listing the programmers and i didn't play rbi baseball nearly enough to be as surprised by this but this is also something i never i never knew about and 
Like, I never played through all the way to the end of RBI Baseball, I don't think. So I've never seen what the win state might be. I mean, I think there is, like, some sort of pennant or playoff mode that you would theoretically be able to finish and therefore see credits or whatever. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they're not there, too. But it is interesting that, again, they took the time to do this. Like, this is a a feature that had to be programmed into it. So there was there, there must be some reason the programmers felt the need to put that Easter egg in there, you know? So uh, I, Vanity? Like, <laughs> to see their names? And, vanity, like, like, fucking, if they're not, they should be credited at some point. Like, to me, if they had to do that to get credited, like, by all means, do it. Because that's fucking bullshit. You did the fucking work. You should be credited. But... I'm surprised, I guess, that there's nothing that, that there is nothing at the end of the game if, if that if that is why they did it, you know. Oh, this fucking game though. Let's uh let's play some RBI head to head right now, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing in here that I thought was a note was the Tech Mobile blurb, and it's just another code to pick up the game of one of the people on their staff's playthrough. <laughs> you know, like like <laughs> like, like that mid season bases loaded code from an issue to her back, like I don't know. It's such a weird inclusion that it's not like it's not a secret. It's just if you were anyone playing the game as the Giants could have the same code, you know, like there's nothing secretive or rare about that code being in there. It's just like, are you too lazy to play the first half of the games? Here you go. (laughs) Maybe it was like they ran. They had extra space on the page. I was like, ah, make it bigger. Ah, no, it looks weird. We need another one. That need to be uniform. What, What you got? And it is the very last one, too, so that's a great guess because it, is, it could very well be filler just for that reason because it's the last one on both on the four pages. <laughs> they that That's followed up with a two-page Jalico ad for Robo Warrior on the NES, and the ad's pretty fucking cool. It's basically a character and item breakdown with, like, very large illustrations of an, on an all-white background with little blurs of coffee. And, you know, I have said many times I'm a huge fan of breakdowns. So the ad's cool. We've I, I this is we don't we didn't have the ROM. I ended up downloading it for this because I didn't remember that it was one I had watched a playthrough video of. But this is the game that I said was a kind of like a futuristic Legend of Zelda, you know. Oh, uh, okay. I'm, I'm looking at these items and I'm like, we got robotic futuristic mecha birds and we also have like globula. Like, what is this game? Yeah, I mean, you know, it uh, it again it, clearly too much to consume. Probably for a, a game episode, I think, you know, and just it, it was definitely too much to consume and just like a, a quick diddle through for research for a, a magazine episode. So, you know, I don't know for sure, but it is it does seem interesting, you know, and I mean, like a, a futuristic Legend of Zelda concept is has not it's not like it's overdone by any length, <laughs> you know, right. so it's a unique idea, at least. But I, I don't know if it's actually a good game or not. It's hard to tell just from the first few screens of it after these messages. We'll be right back. And so it was, late in the 20th century, that a pox fell upon the land. A plague of home videos that were limited in intelligence. There was brain drain, and terminal boredom swept the countryside. The maker looked down and was not pleased by what he saw, and said, this is not good. And so it was, he brought forth Genesis, a system with twice the power, twice the intelligence, twice the challenge, twice the fun. Only a chosen few were called forth to experience this new dimension of high-definition graphics and studio sound. 
Maker saw what he had done and said, Now that, that's not bad. Discover Genesis and your world will never be the same. That was a 1989 Sega Genesis commercial, television commercial. And you might notice, or might have noticed, it was very long. One minute. And I don't know. I mean, 89 is clearly early in, in the Genesis life cycle. So it may have been one of the first ones. Maybe it was the very first, even possibly. And I don't know if they, you know, like a Super Bowl commercial or something that's going to be like particularly long. They spent a ton of dough on or something. But it's very weird for it to be a full minute instead of 30 seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was a quality commercial, though. I mean, I was. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I like that. Interesting. Yeah, I want to do it for sure. Yeah, it's like a kid in the middle of like this whole, you know, fucking arena <laughs> looking at him do his thing. Pretty pretty cool. I'd never seen it before either, too. And I thought that interesting in of itself that it's, it's most of these commercials ring some sort of bell. And that one was one I don't ever remember having seen. So, yeah, me neither. I do not recall. Back to the mag here. Reader tips kick off the home stretch of it, and there is a password for go straight to Matic, the final boss in Strider in here. And that could have saved us some headache, Jay. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, now it comes out. Great. Yeah. That's how it always works. There is a mildly clever River City Ransom full-page ad after that, so some more to tantalize you for a game you're all, all jazzed up for. It's styled like a like a serial killer ransom note. And it's it's spelled out like spelled out letters cut out of a magazine, you know, for for the for the copy. And that copy is we have your game. It's called River City Ransom. For a preview, visit your NES dealer. And I'd say the copywriting leaves something to be desired, but the actual yeah. implementation slash style is pretty cool. Exactly. So after that, we have Ask the Pros and. The thing that jumped out to me most about this is the Simon's Quest thing, and it's just kind of a bummer. Like, <laughs> it's like it's a it's a yeah. bunch of questions that support the the narrative that this game is way too fucking obtuse and difficult to figure out. You know, like there's very simple stuff or what should be very simple things in the gameplay. Like, the the, the, the writer asks, how how do I get the orb at the end of the mansion area? Which is to do that, you need to have a wooden stake that you buy from one of those fucking cloaked up guys in the towns and then you just use the stake and it pierces the orb theoretically and you get whatever's inside of it but like the idea that you could be playing that game and not be able to figure that out like such a simple thing that's like a no big deal at the end of the first boss level basically thing you know it's just that's not a good look (laughs) (laughs) that did not make me want to fire up castlevania yeah which you know i i i one of the uh, a rare breed and i i still think fondly of that game but you know the more i fucking hear people bitch about it the more i kind of think that's mostly nostalgia yeah there is an ohio site in the last letter uh for lord of the sword on the sms and it's Andy Thorson hailing from Toledo, Ohio. OH, Andy. <laughs> and the next feature is Overseas Prospects. And it's a couple pages on Pac Land, which was mentioned on the cover. And it's a Namco effort to turn Pac Man as a character into a modern side scrolling action platformer. And. It, it doesn't, again, doesn't specify a platform in the feature itself, but my brief, uh, or rather in my brief Googling, I don't think it ever made it to the NES. Like, I wasn't able to find 
a release date for an NES version. It, 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 did come, it came out on the Famicom, like the, the Japanese NES, uh, all the way back in 85, you know, which mm. is what I'm probably referencing and maybe even showing pictures of here. But I don't know. I couldn't find an NES release for it. So I did, like, I think, I, you know, I, maybe it made it at Genesis. It definitely made it to the U.S. in some way, but I, I don't think it ever hit the NES, you know. See, that's the weird thing. Like, obviously, this is overseas prospects, so this Japanese version, but I... This is okay. The one of the frustrating things that I've never I've not been able to find as an adult, and probably just because I have not looked hard enough. When I was a kid, there was a game on Nintendo, and I'm pretty sure it was called Pac-Man and Pac-Land. And I played it and I loved it. But I have not been able to find that game. Like I've searched and I've come across games like this that are definitely not the game that I remember. What was the gameplay style? Like, what what was it? It was it was it was like it was much more like Pac-Man, but it was like 3D, and you could jump and like not not full 3D, obviously, but more you know it was really three dimensional. But you could Isom- jump isometric-y. Yeah, and but I have not been able to find it. I'm like, why can't I find this freaking game? Like, it was a game that we rented a lot and for I, NES. For are you sure it's NES? If it wasn't NES, it was Super NES, which seems more odd to me like it definitely i'm very sure it was not atari okay because we were not our games and i didn't own it you know that that does not ring a bell i'm not the world's biggest pac-man fan so i wouldn't be like hunting for modernizations of the ip like yeah in this game like i i have seen or played or like i have some exposure to this and like you know my recall slash nostalgia for it is minimal to, to none so uh, um you know I, I like i've seen it somewhere but like did not spend a ton of time with it and, I, and that's because i was not that impressed with it so uh, yeah man. i've never never been a huge pac-man fan i guess this is an ip like i've even seen artwork for it and i'm like oh is that the game and i'm but then i see i look at the gameplay and i'm like that's not the game like <laughs> Tough. Uh, you gotta you, you punch. You gotta punch it into if you can't figure it out with a little more googling. That's a perfect opportunity for the tip of my joystick r- subreddit, and dude, you'll have an answer in like three fucking minutes. Especially uh, for I something that, that 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 popular of an IP, that I guarantee you, someone will know what it is. And yeah, I mean, be, you I gotta get on it because it was yeah. like I loved and like obviously I had Atari for a while, so Pac Man. I used to play with my mom and stuff. Like loved that, but this was like a souped up version of that. Those three D, you could jump over the ghost and stuff. Like it was. It was just like a very, very fun game, and to not be able to find that anywhere, it's just like, come on, yeah, like, it's, where it's, 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 it, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, I, 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 five minutes, dude. If you can, if you can describe it with any level of vague accuracy, someone will have an answer for you because that's just the way the internet works. But okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to I mean, I had, I had everyone. I shouldn't say I had like the, you, it was impossible to own an Atari Twenty Six Hundred and not have the Pac Man on it. <laughs> so I, of course, I think I had more than one card even of it. But the and I, you know, I played it, but only in that kind of just like blowing through all my cards board kind of way. I was never like, ooh, I can't wait to get back home and play Pac-Man. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, even even then I didn't I was not that into it. One of my options were were limited as far as like the the depth of game I had at my disposal. They turn they give us our their first installment of short pro shots which is kind of their preview section and it's akin to the video shorts and Nintendo power, which is like little blurbs about games that are upcoming. Some of them are out, some of them aren't. And on NES, we have Acclaim's Iron Sword, American Sammy's Twin Cobra, Hudson Soft's Adventures of Dino, Ricky, Ricky, <laughs> Rob <laughs> Star's Twin Eagle, Square Soft's King Knight, 
Taito's Demon Sword, Tenjin's Rolling Thunder, and Trade West's Super Off-Road. Of those, the release titles are, there are four of them. The first being Adventures of Dino Ricky, fortuitously. And yes, uh, to take the time to actually talk about it, since we only only briefly touched on it earlier, when we were jamming on the, the, the music in the first segment. The So it's a top-down, horizontally scrolling shooter. And yeah, Jeb had it. I fucking love that you're a caveman. You like there's there you get a bunch of different weapons and like the sprites are pretty large and kind of fun. And like when, I think when you get hit, there's a pretty cool death animation. Like it's just uh, I think there's like Hudson Soft. It, like it, it has a very Hudson Soft feel to it. It's funny that that's a developer because like it feels like a Hudson Soft game. You know, it just has I don't know whatever I don't know. I'm not even sure how to describe their distinct style, but they definitely have one and it has it for sure. Yeah, it's like a cartoony like. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Very, yeah. I played this game a ton with my my older brother T growing up, and I remember I remember one time the only time I've ever been grounded in my life. Don't, don't remember what I did. Where my dad said I couldn't play video games for thirty days, and <laughs> that's a like that's a during that <laughs> during that thirty days, my br- older brother came over and started playing Dino Riki, and. I think it was maybe towards the end of the 30 days. So that was the only reason that I even picked up. I was like, well, my brother came over so I can play, right? And I was just playing it and dad didn't care. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm off punishment now. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely beat this game. Definitely loved it as a kid. I think I actually picked it up and played it. I definitely played it within the last like month and a half just to, just to, because it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. Actually, do I have it on my fucking fuck around list shit worth playing list because it definitely needs to be on there if not uh i can't i think it's funny i I have enough games carts now nes carts from from when i started collecting again where i'm not sure at all times which games i have (laughs) which is i guess a good place to be but also a little frustrated i can't think of whether or not i have it and yeah this is definitely not my list and needs to be there for sure so I will add that. Uh, I know. But if I don't have it, it's 100% on my need to get it soon list. Kind of like I was mentioning about Shadowgate. Like I know it's there aren't many left of my rec- childhood reclamation project, and this was one Jab had, so I, without a doubt, want the cart. Next one is Twin Eagle, and that's a helicopter shmup, and I fired it up. Every bit as terrible as I anticipated it would be. <laughs> and King's Knight is a horizontally scrolling shooter, but medieval fantasy themed, and that's like kind of an intriguing premise like the idea of you're a warrior walking around on the ground and for some reason even though you're carrying a sword he has a projectile which you obviously need for a shooter uh so that idea is kind of interesting and not overly done like so many shooter ideas are but the gameplay was pretty shitty and the last one is rolling thunder and i'm not even sure what to call this man like <laughs> it's like i definitely would not call it something i would play for very long uh no. maybe, maybe the best assessment i could give but yeah, I don't know, whatever. It wasn't great. It's like I think a side scrolling, like you're kind of like a spy y kind of deal, but it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's honestly, I, I'm going to talk about this later when we get into more Sega shit. Like, it's uh, like they're like Ultra Beast and this other game that I played last battle was one of the games on the in that ad that I ended up firing up this morning before we, we jumped on. And it's like this, I don't know, this gameplay style, like this side scrolling kind of beat em up deal. Where you're on one of those tracks and the your sprite is oversized, the enemies are oversized, and 
but yeah. the, it's like very repetitive though it's almost like it's it, it's very much in the in the vein of kung fu <laughs> you know like yeah. it looks a little better but it's like this very like very repetitive same attack like you only have like a punch and a kick and there you know there's no variance to they don't even feel like even even the punch and the kick don't feel like they do anything different you know you have the same reach the same range and the same uh damage if you want to call it that that comes out of the attack you know and that's exactly how this felt you know just like a a handful of the same enemies over and over and over again and you're just scrolling through a level that looks identical <laughs> you know as you go like yeah not not just, a fun game style <laughs> I watched a video, not a full playthrough but just the first few seconds i was like uh what is this what is this about and i immediately turned off i was like nope moving on yep hard hard pass for sure and the sms titles in here in the, in the little previous thing are scramble spirits and dynamite dukes which are, of course, as all the SMS games are, straight out of Sega. No third-party action really going on for them at, at, on that 8-bit system. But the, the, the release dates, looking up the release dates for these things, they're, they're both just 1989. There's no month. So with only one month left in 1989, I figured they'd be fair game without breaking any of our stupid rules. So I did fuck with them a little bit, and, or downloaded them and fuck with them. And Scramble Spirits is a World War II-era flying shmup. No thank you. But Dynamite Dukes is a wait fucking... wait wait time out i think it's ducks right because we're talking it is a duck right this is oh yeah you're right dude. that's what i had took it as I'm i like... look at that I, dude you know what you know what i'm you know what i'm channeling there that's how frank dukes in bloodsport spells his name <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man. your logic makes a lot of sense <laughs> like it's a blue duck with like weapons and shooting like yeah. i think this one too and it was so random i mean i'm like what am i yeah. doing i like into the battle super fucking weird man yeah so it, yeah it's a side school and beat him up your hero sprite is this blue duck and you know it didn't occur to me as i was playing it but what i'm thinking of as i, as I do this is kind of like i remember uh was it howard the duck that movie yeah like, yeah from this period you know very much this time and that was like a very brash adult live action movie of what pro you know and it was still kind of targeted for kids but like the it was a little bit brash maybe for kids you know even though it was probably you know targeted for kids like kind of in that limbo area like maybe teenage kids just about to be teenagers you know and uh, so a little bit of a, a heightened uh, subject matter so yeah so that's kind of what this feels like actually but yeah you're picking up all kinds of weapons like i mean just play i played the first level and you get like a bazooka you're throwing rocks there was like a there's like this the, the boss was this kind of fire Almost like that uh, Mario 2 boss, the fry yeah. guy, I think it's, you know, where he's kind of like a big flame and he's throwing out little flames that jump around. Or these don't jump around. They actually just dissipate after they fly out. But whatever. Like one of the, like a big fire sprite was the first boss. And I think, like I picked up a gun. Like I thought it they looked like webs, but I'm guessing because you got it to fight the fire guy that was ice, maybe? I don't know. Whatever it was. <laughs> a bunch of different guns. So, you know, that you wouldn't expect that where you're sprites a duck <laughs> you know? and yeah and like the weapons were i felt they were strategically placed you know again kind of just like i mentioned like if, if it was ice like and you're you get the gun to fight the, the fire guy like that's just a level of weaponry depth that i again didn't expect out of this cutesy looking game you know so yeah Super fucking weird. And then, yeah, when you start the game, it's got a pretty cool opening title sequence that I posted on our socials. Uh, again, 
you know, by the SMS standards. And then you drop it in the game, and I have no fucking idea. Again, maybe you read the instruction manual, and there's an explanation for it. But right there on the first screen when you drop in, there is a sprite of an old white guy that is fucking spot on Colonel Sanders. Like, what Dude, is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought, like, am I talking to this guy? Is he giving me wisdom? Or is he, or is he giving me biscuits and, and gravy? I don't know. He, yeah, he doesn't do anything, though. You can't, there's no, at least I didn't find a way to interact yeah. with him. So... <laughs> It was just such a, yeah, a random, it's not like there's other innocent bystanders or onlookers in the level. It was just the only human form thing in the whole first level that I played. It's like, what the fuck is he doing there? I don't know. He's, you would think he has to have some significance. He's not even, he's animated. I think he's like doing something. So like, you know, he's in the background though. He's not, you know, so it's like this, maybe it's just fucking background uh, fodder, but it looked like it had more significance than that. that. Yeah, you, you think you have to talk to this guy? Like, why would you not? There's so much detail for like a game where there's nothing else in the background and you're fighting puppy dogs and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the enemies are all super. Yeah, they're all animals. It's weird. Yeah, it's just, it's fucking just a really wacky and for that reason interesting game, man. Like, I I was shocked at how much I enjoyed myself playing it. That <laughs> <laughs> was fucking weird. So I was pretty glad to stumble across that. The Genesis section here has two two games as well, and both of these are out. So I, I thought it worth uh, diving into them a little bit and giving them a try. Tommy Lasorda Baseball, which I had never played before. And all these, you know, it's funny. All these early sports, like I remember Jab had the first Joe Montana, which is, uh, again, kind of in that era just before Sonic became a thing. Like when that game came out, it was what? That was its I think the first football title and they hired I me mean, knowing knowing some of the history of that game like they hired EA to make the game that's why that game feels very John Madden-ish and mm. it's kind of it's the north-south sprawling version of the field whereas the later Joe Montana sports talk football games they did not use EA to pro to, to develop those. And that's why they're a completely different deal where it's side scrolling and like everything about it looks different other than Joe Montana being on the cover. <laughs> so <laughs> knowing that history about it, that's part of why that's so distinctly different, but all these early sports games just have a very interesting vibe to them. You know, they all, they're all, they all have a endorsement, like some sort of, like they spent dough. That was part of their marketing strategy to spend dough and get, what they perceived to be big faces and they did a much better job than the ones they were doing on sms with fucking retired slash dead guys <laughs> you know walter <laughs> walter payton and uh, what the fuck was the, what was the, the reggie jackson who's you know yeah. both retired dudes like sure great players but not necessarily topical <laughs> uh so tommy lasorda was like i mean the dodgers i think were a good team and he was a reasonable face to have on a game and obviously joe montana was like the elite uh tom brady of that era for sure you know so yeah very reasonable choices in the in the marketing there, but anyways, so the game this this game is it's not too bad, man. Like particularly for being the very first baseball gig on the system, I, I was kind of pleasantly surprised with how great the sprites looked and how good the control shit was working out. It was not bad. I, I played with Cleveland's team and they were fucking stacked, dude. By like really? looking at the statistics of the players, and that is way off. From the actual eight tribe squad, like the eighty-nine tribe squad is, and it's not you know this does not have an uh, an MLB or players license, I don't believe. So you know this these are supposed to be just theoretical teams, even though they had all the cities of normal baseball teams, you know. So you know there's no like there's not supposed to be I don't think necessarily any crossover accuracy to actual players, but. Yeah. 
you still think like if a team was awful, <laughs> like they'd be a shitty team in this game too. They're not. Yeah, that dude. That like the the cleanup hitter had like forty five homers and was batting like three thirty or some shit. <laughs> like I was like, I was, like no one on the team even close to that. Uh, half as good at that at playing baseball on uh, the eighty nine tropic. That was that was that was the era that generated the movie Major League. You know, like they were they were yeah. so shitty until they started to ramp up there and had that early nineties run. You know, I want to say maybe like 92-ish is when that kind of got going. The Bayerga, the Omar Vizquel, the fucking Joey Albert Bell, the all those uh, – Sandy Alomar, you know, they got Hershiser, They had Charles Nagy, like all those fucking players that I love from when I first started getting into Cleveland, Cleveland Indians baseball. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. I was, I was into them then, but I knew they were shitty. And, like, you know, I was going to the games. Like, I think in 89, it was like 89 or 90 that my uncle took me, and, and I had a Wahoo birthday bash at the fucking stadium where they, like, put you on the scoreboard. <laughs> nice. and they give you, they come over to you and, like, give you a bag of shit and stuff. He knew one of the guys. I don't think I ever told you this. He, my, my uncle knew one of the guys that worked in the front office. So, uh, uh, you know, we would – and they were so bad then that, like, you know, I mean, there was like 5,000 people max at any one of their games throughout the year. So, like, tons of empty seats. And, like, because he knew that guy, we used to just go to the stadium and go to games all the time. And if we didn't get in for free, it was next to free. And we, even if, you know, a lot of times because no one was coming to the games, they were giving away shit at the gates anyways. But even if they weren't giving away shit, like, that that guy would come down and give me stuff. Dude, I had so much. Indians baseball gloves, Indians baseballs, Indians baseball bats. Like, I had all this fucking cool shit as a kid that was tribe stuff because of that guy's, my uncle's wow. connection cool jim i remember was his name so yeah a lot of cool stuff but the anyways the fucking indians were not good so i was shocked at how good they were in the game or at least their stats they they got a market you know they want the game to be fun for everybody so maybe just like yeah what's what's, maybe everyone's great that's that's 100 possible yeah (laughs) but yeah i i I was i had fun i was i was even figuring out the controls and like getting pretty much pounded I, i was still kind of enjoying myself which was surprising you know that doesn't look too bad and the other game in here is Ghouls and Ghosts, and I still have PTSD from Jab and I's very first game episode for this podcast on Ghosts and Goblins on the NES, but mm. I fired this up anyways, and holy shit is this better, Jay. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, it is a fucking great looking game. Like the spooky sprite art stuff is so good. There's so many cool looking art pieces in the game, and... I was surprised, and I like I mentioned, I going into it, I did not expect to feel this way. But I think there is one hundred percent a game episode in this fucking thing for sure. And mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of our it's it's our first franchise podcast. You know, like the idea of revisiting a game for the first time on the podcast, or, or a game a lineage, a franchise of a game, revisiting it for the first time. We have not done that, even with like a Mario, we haven't done that. So. Okay. We shall see. Did you fuck with these at all or? No, I did not mess with these. Yeah. I feel like I played Ghouls and Ghosts in the arcade. I mean, not a full I know I did, but otherwise, yeah, I never Yep. It was it was a yeah, they were big Capcom. And that's a, it's funny like it's it still was released by Sega, published I should say. Mm-hmm. But it is yeah, it is it is one of the few games I've seen. It might be the first game actually, period. Genesis that I've seen so far that was not developed by Sega, so it's good oh. to see that they're finally fucking uh, attracting some solid third parties to to bringing shit to their system. So that's a good, you know, not that I didn't know it already, having had the thing, but it's good to see that it means the games will be good too, or some of the games at least will be good. Yeah. 
And from there, we get three Hudson Soft slash NEC deals for the Turbo Graphics. And those games were Blazing Lasers, Dungeon Spirits, and Victory Run. And I didn't download them all, but Dungeon Spirits is an RPG, and I wanted to peep it, but this is one of the few games that I was not able to find on that ROM site that I mentioned. So even though I, I tried to make the effort, but it was not successful because um, it was not available. But and that's probably a good indicator of uh, its quality, or, or popularity, yeah. rather. Right, for sure, which are usually correlated. So <laughs> <laughs> There are a bunch of full-page ads in here through through these video shorts or whatever the fuck they're called, previews. And there's a Bandai ad we've seen, but there is actually a new title swapped in for something. I don't recall what the old title was, but this is definitely the first time I've seen Dig Dug 2 in this ad, or, or in any ad. And I know that for a fact, because very similar to what I was mentioning about the, the punch-out thing. Like, there's no way I would forget this, because Dig Dug 2 is the last game my mom got me before she kicked the bucket, so this, this title stands out for sure. I've never seen oh. it. So, yeah. It doesn't come out till December, so we'll talk about it later for sure, but I thought that interesting that they're just, like, taking the same ad and swapping shit out of it, you know? <laughs> such a keep-cost-down mentality. There is an FCI ad for Hydlide, which has been called very often, or which is often called the shittiest R NES RPG ever. So I'm uh, not excited about talking about that or fucking with it. There's a Taxon ad for Eight Eyes. That's not out yet. There is a Capcom ad for ISOH Game Ep alum Bionic Commando. So check that out in our feed if you want to hear. I think that was me and Jab, right? You weren't on for that one. Yeah, it was not. Yeah. Good game, though. I was pleased. That was a game I had never really fucked with, so I was thrilled to uh, enjoy it as much as I did. And there's a lot of weird obtuse shit in that game, too, actually. But because it's based off Nazi stuff, and you know, Nintendo wouldn't let Nazi stuff happen, so there's all these like poorly executed changes, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> <it not> <laughs> <laughs> funny. But there, uh, there's a PC Games Magazine ad we've seen and a Toys R Us ad we've seen before, so a bunch of shit ton of advertising back here. The Pro News Report comes next, and this is where we get a little more chatter on the wizard. Yeah. And NEC is doing a lesser version of the Nintendo World Championship Tour. Well, it's only five cities, but with the TurboGrafx-16, basically. So, all that working for Nintendo. I, I like this pro news report, man. Like the, like it's telling me Rescue Rangers and the Adventure in the Magic Kingdom are coming soon. I don't know if you ever played those, but I, I fired up the Magic Kingdom for a hot second because I was like, wait, what game is this? And immediately got brought back and wanted to play it. But I was like, nope, because I'm going to get sucked. I don't have time to play this right now. But I'm <laughs> yeah, that's a nostalgia great. is going to make me play this. That's a great response to have to fire the game up. But I, that one does not ring a bell. Rescue Rangers, yeah, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers rings a bell for sure. Like that was a, it's a Capcom deal for sure. And it's like, uh, again, like it's like really good and detailed sprite work in that game is what I recall. Like it looks really, really good, which Disney, not surprising that they were, you know, just like DuckTales, like very... Not you're not fucking this up. <laughs> like, exactly. You, you want to use our shit? You're doing it right. You're not fucking it up. <laughs> Looking forward to that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I remember. I think that was that weekend rental for Jab and I, if I recall correctly. We played. I didn't. We didn't own it, but we played the shit out of it for a weekend. Yeah. But yeah, there's a ton of game shit in, in here. But uh, as far as non-game stuff, I would say that's about it. There, the Pro Artist series, which is the fan submitted artwork, comes after that, and. I'd say my favorites are probably the Metroid and Rostan. 
Yeah, I can see that. The the altered beast threw me off at first. I'm like, what is happening here? And I was like, oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. He morphed. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a very intense. Like the the guy is drawn like the detail level on the on the musculature is very very detailed. <laughs> I think that is that the winner. I think that that might be the winner. I think it's it actually looks even though it's the biggest one. I think that's second place. Uh, yeah, the Bionic Commando looks good, but like I didn't feel it, it compared to the the Metroid and, and Rostan yeah. quite as well. Metroid's pretty good. Yep, and they they give you the you know these they've started doing these where it's a submission prompt where they like tell you what they'd like you to draw as opposed to just taking random submissions for shit. And the new submission prompt here is to design your own hero, and they want you to not only des- like do the visuals of it, but they are asking you to like write a little bit of, of a description of like the story world that he exists in and what weaponry he slash accessories he might have or use he she might have or use so this is the other instance i'm saying where the i feel like they're like although it's, they're not developers though so i guess you know maybe that undermines that theory a little bit it's not like it's nintendo or sega asking you to design some a new fucking character for <laughs> because it, that is the whole thing when, when you do the submissions for the those other mags like there's a shit ton of fine print that's like we own this shit now you know so if this was nintendo or sega i'd be much more adamant about that being the case but i guess in this case maybe they just you know want you to spend a little time on it yeah that's it's interesting because i must have i did this kind of stuff as a kid where i was yeah. creating like superheroes and comic book characters all the time and making up powers and all that but I obviously never saw this, you know, request. Otherwise, I would have totally sit it in. <laughs> yeah, I was. I've never been anywhere near good enough with, like, drawing art, like hand hand based artwork of any kind. It's just not my forte by any length. You, I'm sure people could argue that none, no no form is my forte, but definitely not that form. So <laughs> I, I never, even as a, as a kid, I never really even bothered to fuck with this stuff, trying to submit anything. Next is that that used game store that fancies itself a video game club and has gotten me all hot and bothered in previous <laughs> shows with their ad. <laughs> they're they're back again, but this they've changed the ad and it's nothing like those the the first two installments of this. It's it's still a a, a huge sprawling thing. It's a two page spread, but it's it's more to me like it's less so an ad and it felt more like an issue of Beckett. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's just all tiny, tiny ass text with prices, like what they pay for used copies, and then what they sell used and new copies for of each game, you know. And it's just like these huge lists of fucking games for each system. Uh, Yeah, Mega Man Two, we we twenty dollars. Send us Mega Man Two. It's like wow, right? Yeah, it felt you know you know I thought of looking at it like because of the the three different prices like it made me think of like the the buy sell spread on a stock ticker is what it felt like (laughs) i can see that yeah like they're like well like what what is the difference between those two prices exactly i don't understand like (laughs) like why why is it different it should be the amount that's that it's worth like why is there a spread on it i don't know but anyways wow atari i mean it's funny looking at this list double dragon for atari 24.99 yeah. No. Yeah. So I, I went through actually, and and signed the most expensive games from each system. So the most expensive NES game in here is Ultima and New Bunga, New Bunga's Ambition are both fifty nine ninety nine, which is weird because I you know, wow. Like when I think of like like my picture, like I like I remember like that it, to me that is the max price. Like I remember seeing fifty nine ninety nine, like sixty bucks. I remember paying being at Toys R Us and seeing those stickers and those little hangy things below the game 
that you had to go take to the counter and get your game, you know? They didn't Never. have the games in the aisles. Motherfuckers were stealing them. Uh, so, like, I remember, like, 59, that was, like, that was the price of a Nintendo game to me. I'm, like, so surprised at, at the variance in titles in here, you know, for for new carts on NES. Like, to me, they were all 60 bucks in my mind. But... Uh... Burger time, definitely not, sir. Like, there's no way I'm paying sixty dollars for that game, which to me, as we've talked about, was the worst Nintendo game ever. <laughs> Incredibly wrong about that, Jay. Uh, the the most expensive Genesis game in here is Tommy Lasorda Baseball for sixty four ninety nine, and wow. they also have some other games for Genesis, but they say to call like it's like they have this little list of like maybe eight or ten titles, and it says to call for prices like it's the fucking fish of the day at a restaurant or something. <laughs> Like, like they're just they're they're only they're sold at up to the minute market prices. You know, the shit's changing by the minute, which is funny to me. The most expensive SMS game in here is Fantasy Star at sixty nine ninety nine, which I I've heard again not, not having an SMS. I know nothing of of this 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 world that these kids lived in that had one. But like of all the Sega Reddit fucking around conversations I've had and stuff, that is like a like there are. You know, that's like the thing that kids who had an SMS remember. Like, it must have been like, it must have been parents. So many parents, I guess, is what I'm trying to say here. That must have just been like, fuck you. Like, no way are you getting that 69. Like, it's, why is it more than the other one? Like, no way. <laughs> yeah, not a chance. Yeah, not, not happening. And even, in, like, it's funny in the, here in the, in the list, it says, it says either battery or lithium or something. Like, it basically does something to try to, justify its heightened price you know it's like a it's a parenthetical that either like i said yeah alluding to the ba battery backup like that is worth that's why you're paying that 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 fucking surcharge you know like fuck you yeah. <laughs> that is so funny to me because i distinctly remember during this time you know like i said still having the 7800 not quite having the nintendo yet and being at toys r us and seeing those price differentials and saying okay double dragon for nintendo 49.99 double dragon for atari 19.99 think mom's going to give me this yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is not helping my case <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure so yeah so it, in the atari games the uh, the most expensive of any of them is 29.99 and uh there's actually i think there's a bunch of it's funny like a, it's like i don't know if there are any i don't know if there were any uh 2600 games but there was a lot of the other two that were that were 29.99 but they have a note at the bottom that they no longer buy used Atari games. So they're, they're getting the fuck out of the Atari game over there at this point. I tell you. I yeah, tell they you they, going. Yeah, they can see the market tumbling headfirst into the abyss. So they're like, fuck it, we're not, we're not taking on any more of that fucking dead weight. <laughs> you know, that's funny, a funny note, because when we were reading the pro view or the pro shots, you know, they kept using that term game pack. And I don't know if we talked, I don't think we talked about it here, but I kept thinking, where did this term game pack come from? Because I remember hearing it all the time as a kid. I'm like, why are they called Game Pack? So I had to look it up. Turns out the name was created, according to Wikipedia, the name was created by Gail Tilden, who noted herself as the entire advertising department for Nintendo when she, she joined. She, she was the editor-in-chief, yeah. That's the editor-in-chief. She, yeah. like, she was even above fucking Howie. Wow. Yeah, I guess she didn't want, like, they didn't want to use the term game cartridges because of the whole... 83 gaming crash. Right. Just trying to change the name altogether. I was like, totally. okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, and even, I mean, we're talking PAK here too. That's yeah. Like, not even the C. Yeah, not even C. So yeah, they're just, that's totally a brand new decision. Yep. Yeah. They did everything they could to fucking like separate themselves from that whole deal for sure. That was, that was Nintendo's whole angle to say the we're least. Sorry. We're not those. Yep. 
So game, we get a bunch more ads here. Game Pro swag, dodge, super dodgeball. We've seen that a bunch of times. We get the high score section with no fucking locations of the players. So who gives a fuck about those yet again? <laughs> and the next issue panel touts hot new titles coming in the, in the next installment of Game Pro here, Game Pro 5. A Boy in His Blob, Shadowgate, which is exciting. Rolling Thunder, like we already said, kind of sucks. Dynamite Dukes, Ducks. Uh, <laughs> Scramble Sports, Alien Crush, and The Last Battle, which I, I said I did with that just a few minutes before we jumped on. It's fucking terrible. And it's, it's literally like a really bad Altered Beast knockoff is what I would call that. And, mm. and more, so... That's what's coming at us uh, up next. And they put a retraction below that of, from the previous issue. So they're concerned about uh, fucking accuracy here in their, in their editorial work. But one of the SWAT tips was labeled as Lord of the Sword, but was actually for Miracle Warriors, which those are SMS games. And it's, I, I found it a really funny happenstance for that to be there. Because I would say, no joke, dude, and this is not an exaggeration, maybe eight minutes before I read that last night when I was trying to fucking crunch this this magazine in before before we recorded this morning, I was chatting with someone on our subreddit that had just found us through, I think, the Sega shit I was posting. And we were bullshitting a lot about he was he's starting to listen to the pod and he was, you know, just bullshitting about stuff. And we one of the things that I posted was from an RPG, something or other. Uh, I think oh, the, the title screen from that why whatever it was. And so I posted that and he we were talking about rpgs and he got on to he was saying how he had bought uh lord of the sword as a kid and was totally let down by what it turned out to be and it was terrible <laughs> and so, yeah, I, was saying, <laughs> I was saying how the rpg lineup on the sms in general was dog shit with the exception of maybe fantasy star and it was so funny to me that even game pro peeps couldn't tell the games apart like the shitty ass rpgs were just so they were all the same thing to them you know <laughs> like, they just fucking titled it the wrong way in swat it was a a very funny correlated happenstance time-wise to me given given when they happened or i came across right. them in my life and the last thing we have in here is that it's a TurboGrafx ad we've seen, or at least seen, uh, it's been part of an ad we've seen anyways. And then there's a, the actual back cover is a Tengen ad. Like the, the main artwork is, is Rolling Thunder, which we've, we've talked about a couple times here. So they're really excited about that, I guess. And they have a bunch of other titles in there too, uh, down below. It's like all the Tengen ads always have pretty much their entire library. There's like Gauntlet and fucking Pac-Man and some, some other shit. So... Bunch of stuff, games we've seen and talked about already, though. So that is fucking Game Pro 4. That was the Space Harrier 2 stage theme, bringing us into our nomination section. Well, what do you think here, Josh? I'm torn, man. I and so I have Dino Ricky for NES. I have Dynamite Ducks for SMS, and I have Ghouls and Ghosts for Genesis for my three. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> this, this, oh man. This was a tough one. So I had Dino Ricky also, and I put a question mark because I was like, man, I love this as a kid, like. Is it going to be the same? I don't want to spoil is, my childhood. Is memory. it going to hold up? Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Even though I did play it a couple months ago and still got like to the second level before I had to do other stuff. So yeah, I had Dino Riki. I had that wise, the Vanish Omen. But as I played it further, yeah, that's way too long for, <laughs> for an episode. And then I had 
Casino King because I, I wasn't sure how much RPG and if it would be long enough. So those oh, that, Casino Kid. What I say? Yeah. yeah, Casino Kid. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, I think it's too RPG and, and just I think it just would make for much a very good fucking game episode. Oh, uh, you know, we always say the fucking overlap is a pretty good indicator. We should do it. Um, I never beat it as a kid, so you know that it would be there's gonna be parts of it. I remember getting pretty far, and I remember the latter part of it being fucking difficult for sure. So do I. Uh, that's, that's why I feel like I'm kind of like I don't remember, but I know the latter part was tough. Am I gonna be pounding my head against the wall like uh? <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, uh, I'm willing to do ghouls and ghosts for sure. But uh, yeah, dynamite ducks. I don't know, man. I, so I played through the second level on that. And okay, got further than me. Okay. Yeah, like once you don't have your weapons, like they're so at in the second level, there's this boss, this rock boss, and I'm like punching and kicking. I don't know, man. So it's, this, this is after you go down those steps. Like, what was that actually? I guess I want to ask that if you got further. Like, when you got on the steps after the fry guy, is that the second level or is that more of the first level? It feels to me like it's all one level. Like it just kept going. Like I didn't get a cut screen or any kind of okay, indication. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I I don't know, man. <laughs> That's <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the overlap, I think Dino Riki or Ghouls and Ghosts. I'm kinda kinda torn between trying something brand new and going back to something that I played a ton. I think we'll definitely you know, I mean it's it it it, it <laughs> like there's a there's a part of me that like like once we start doing those Genesis games, it'll be so it's gonna be so hard to just, just, just go Don't back. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and like I, I want, like you know, if I mean, especially because that like that's a perfect example of what I mentioned, like how you know there's that whole era that I just I didn't expose myself to as a child. So I am super excited and eager to do that. Yeah. And I mean, if you, if you want to hot box, uh, fucking getting a Sega Genesis controller to your house and and taking a whack at that, like I, I I'm much more excited about that, but. Dino, yeah, I mean, there, you know, there is the nostalgia factor for Dino Ricky, and I did never beat it, so you know, part of this is, is a quest in, in that vein too, like trying to get these things <laughs> taken care of that I left undone in my childhood. So, you know, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is either, you know, I, I, I could deal with if, if you're down with either of those, I, I'd be happy letting you choose. Oh man! All right. Well then, that is the case for nostalgia purposes. Let's go Dino Ricky. And then that'll give me time to get the Genesis controller in, and we can trundle down that 16-bit path. Okay. All right. Dino Ricky it is. We got, uh, we, you know, first up on our to-do list with this is we got to figure out how to fucking say the game right. <laughs> say the title right will be our first first task uh, for, for tackling a game episode of it. All right, word. So that, that's what we'll be doing next. Uh, Dino Ricky on the Nintendo Entertainment System. And... The next game, next magazine after that will be Team Sega Newsletter 7, and that is the last of those before Sega Visions gets rolling. So, <sighs> turning the page on the Sega era, or Sega eras. So, subscribe to the pod on the platform provided by whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery, and please rate and leave positive shit for said pod on said platform if you enjoy what we're doing here. And if you got this far, I can't ima imagine you don't. <laughs> So the website is nyehentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page and the subreddit and talk shit to us about our gameplay videos on YouTube. And links to all that stuff are in the show notes, as they always are. And Jay, what are your socials? 
the gamer tag is gentleman jb without the second e that's where you can typically find me on social media although i'm much more active on our socials than my own but yeah and i uh, my instagram is my shift key is broke and my twitter is at josh fallen and uh okay bye bye Dog incident outside. It's charging this little fucker up. Hey, Yagi, shut the fuck up. Fuck that dog.